Let's go to work. As barbers, we cut hair and fade all day. This podcast goes beyond the barber's chair and is about the rest of our story. Positioning ourselves for success, avoiding costly mistakes, and continuing to grow and thrive as barbers for years to come. Join us as we look at the whole world of barbering and go beyond the barber's chair. I'm not going to lie, this was a lot of fun. My interview with Matt Balot was my first appearance on another person's podcast, and uh, we did what happens every time two barbers start talking. Now, some say barbers are the only guys who can talk as much as our wives, and uh, Matt and I just kept going into oh, to about a couple hours and had passed by. And there was so much more to talk about. Well, I'm posting the interview here, and I'll be breaking it up into smaller pieces over the next coming weeks here. Uh, in the meantime, uh, enjoy. And I, I wonder how many folks are going to actually go through and listen to the whole two hours. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Your Barber Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Balot, a.k.a. Matty Blades. On Instagram, we're up to episode number 28 now. The Your Barber Podcast was made to inspire and relate to the everyday barber and share the barber slash life story of our guest. And today I was able to corral a uh, fellow uh, barber in the greater Atlanta area, just like me. Um, we connected on Instagram. I figured let's do a podcast, man. He um, he has his own podcast. He just started called uh, Beyond the Barber's Chair. And he is also employed at American Haircuts in Brookhaven, in uh in the atlanta area his name is dave green ladies and gentlemen let's bring him in he is oh hell you found that (laughs) so yeah man yeah yeah, a little buddy rich (laughs) buddy rich i'll tell you what there there's a story that goes behind that chart so uh Back in the day, I was a Navy musician when I came out of high school. Wow. And so I'm playing the Navy bands. And, uh, you know, in high school, you know, it's a different level because everyone up there in the Navy, they're they're really, really good players. I mean, these guys are they're fantastic. And, uh, you know, I had done the uh, School of Music, which I had in Virginia, and uh, went from there and then went to my first duty station, which was 7th Fleet in Japan. We were going to Hong Kong in three days, so they had to work me into the band pretty quick. And that chart right there, time check by Buddy Rich, was the very first thing I saw. You you probably heard how fast those fingers were flying on yeah, the sax. I saw the video. And uh, <laughs> I am just lost. You know, like a deer in the headlights. Like, what the hell did I get myself into here? <laughs> here you go. And I'm looking at the paper, and it is just a ton of freaking notes flying really fast. And I'm trying to sight read this thing first time. And just, you know, I, I'm, I'm all over the place, just stumbling all over the place. To the point where, you know, when we we had taken a break, and so we're going through all this, the entire book of music we had, and one of the other sax players, uh, Stan Bilski, and uh, by the way, Stan Stan and I very quickly became really, really, really good friends. I mean, the guy is great. We've had an absolute blast together. But I remember that, you know, that first break, he he looks at me and says, hey, listen, you know, uh, we can't let your lack of skill hold us up, man. You really got (laughs) to tighten it up and get going. And I... I'm 19 years old. I have never, ever, ever had someone tell me that ever. It's like what uh, what instrument do you play? Sax. I was a sax player. Saxophone. Nice. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's my first professional ass kicking. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I'd actually really face is like, oh, crap, what have I gotten myself into here? Well, that makes us who we are, man. It's a part of our story, right? Failure. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah, I am, you know, listening to a lot of your episodes and talking with other barbers, uh, I am really surprised at just how many barbers have been musicians. Uh, yeah. It, 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 and the, the two just play together really well. I've been on a musician run. I definitely have an ear for music. That's the best way I could put it. I have a great musical ear. I really, I'm like a, I'm a hip hop fan at heart, but I'm like really into like the sampling of music mm-hmm. and just like how it was made, you know, came from the nineties and it's kind of came full circle now. And like songs in the nineties and even in the early two thousands are being like resampled in today's music. So it's kind of oh, made nice. its way back around. It, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, that's, I've, I've messed around a little like DJ equipment, just dabbled, just kind of like my dad, just playing along or just, you know, c- trying to create a little bit, but, you know, never really had the full patience. My problem with creating music was always like too many ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't like zero in on one thing and like follow through with it. I'd come up with something else before I could complete <laughs> the first idea. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and when they start talking about things like jazz improvisation, uh, you know, here I was, you know, 19 years old, not I, I had no, I, no real clue, you know, how to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, luckily, there were a lot of guys who did. So I, you know, I was more of a, you know, one of the section players and just filling up the band, that sort of thing and seeing where else I could fit in and contribute. Uh, but when you start talking about improvisation, it's real easy to get all heady into it. You're thinking too much. Yeah. And uh, when you start, when you start getting too much in the head, everything else falls apart. The, the art's not there. Right. Uh, whereas uh, if you've got, if you already got an idea of what's going on and your head already knows what you want to do, and it's just so much simpler at that point. Right. That's why I like in barbering. I just say like, do everything you always do, no matter the client, no matter, you know, what was going on before you walked into the shop or what, what you're thinking about after the shop. Just like stay, stay zeroed in in the pocket, how you always approach it. And then, you know, it removes the likelihood of getting in your head more because that can obviously happen. I, I was telling my wife earlier, we went for a walk around the belt line, which, you know, you're familiar with. And, uh, you know, I was telling her, I was like, you know, every barber has like a baseline anxiety. Like it's, I, I was talking about like when I first started in the shop I'm working at and, it's actually part of my intro. One of my clients, he's my literally my very first client, my first day. And he's stayed with me ever since I cut his hair yesterday. Actually, it's funny, but I'm just like cutting his hair. And I remember like just being like stuck in his haircut. Cause he gets like a taper and he does like a long slick back at the same time. So it's, it's not an easy haircut to achieve and make look great, but you know, after time, of course, you just keep calibrating and adjusting and just making it better every time or maybe trying a new path out. And uh, yeah, I, I think I was, you know, that picture was being taken while I was working with him. And I was like, Matt, what are you doing? This is this isn't how you cut hair. Like, <laughs> like Why are you so lost right now? <laughs> it's crazy. Sometimes you're in a new situation, a new environment. You're just like, do I even know what I'm doing? Do, like, I oh, exactly. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I'm just, yeah, it's more Im- improvisation, man. 
Right. There are a lot of times where I've had to ask myself, you know, it's like, do I really know how to cut? <laughs> there, there, there are those cuts that come on. It's like, wow. Uh, oh, geez. How did I get through that? <laughs> yeah. Some days things are just clicking perfect. And like, it, it's, it's amazing what it does to your overall like morale and mood. It's just like, wow, I did it today. I really got after it. Today was a good day. And then there's some days it's just like things just aren't clicking. You you go to pick up your brush like four times. You can't pick it up. You're like, oh, man, it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> right. You know, uh, ever since I started barbering, I don't have a bad day at work. Now, yeah. I, I, I mean, I have a bad moment. There right. been plenty of those. But bad days, I just don't have them anymore. Uh, yeah. I just I just have so much fun doing this. It's, 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 it's the best. It's a great place to be. I mean, here I am. I'm talking with a dude or talking with a bunch of dudes. And we're just sitting here having conversations about anything is there anything better <laughs> exactly what the fell is about whatever for 30 to 30 minutes to an hour i mean mm -hmm. you really can't beat it and it's it's obviously more than that you know a lot of people from the outside looking in you know don't realize it's more than a haircut but they're like you know just looks like a bunch of dudes bullshitting all day <laughs> like, yeah, yeah aren't you jealous <laughs> that was like someone's a little Made the wrong move in their career. <laughs> well, you know, I hear that in my chair a lot. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, we're talking about, and they, they ask me, you know, because you know how the conversations go. So, you know, how'd you get involved? You know, all that. Do you like it? Oh, yeah, man. I have a blast. I don't have a bad day. And some of their eyes just rolls like, oh, I wish I had that. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's that like, is I, a I very common. They're like, like do you like it? I'm right. Like, I always laugh. I'm like, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> they hate their job. <laughs> Think about how many guys are in our chairs on a daily basis who are doing something that they don't want to do, but to get there, they actually came from another career. I mean, how many guys in our chair actually do what they went to school to do? It's, it's very few. Yeah. Uh, uh, their first name is doctor or their last name is Esquire. Other than that, pretty much everyone has shifted along. Everyone's done reinventions somewhere along the way. Yeah. And uh, I feel for the guys who hate their jobs because I've had those jobs. I've had jobs where I also just hate it as just complete misery. Yeah, I understand same. how that feels, you know? So that's why I got in a bar room because I, yeah. I, I worked enough jobs. I hated before mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. Like, what's it going to hurt? Were you going to hate it? Like that was my fear. I was like, Oh man, am I going to hate this? Like everything else. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Luckily I didn't want that moment where it clicked, where you had your first like quote unquote, good haircut. You're like, wow, I'm going to get paid for this one day. This is nuts. I mm -hmm. love this. So, yeah. So, Dave Green, reintroduce you, man. You know, we, uh, I believe I was out of the country. I can't remember who reached out or how we connected, but it was on Instagram. And I was uh, interested in having you for a guest eventually. And we kind of scheduled this thing out. You said you had some things in the works. And look at you now, man. You got podcasts. You're, you uh you're you're really pushing them out i like it i try and, it's a, and you said you want to be known as a resource basically to barbers and that's exactly. exactly what it is i was listening to it this morning and uh the day before a little bit and it's it's a lot of information it's a lot of helping barbers that just might not know and you know that's part of the goal of this it's a layer of this podcast too it's just uh you know make barbers realize there's there's resources there's things you can do to make this easier and enjoy it even more 
the whole the whole idea of the podcast is that we all know how to cut hair. We, we can all cut, we all fade different variations and whatever. Uh, I don't consider myself to be the most ice cold fader in the whole world, but we, we can all cut, we all fade, we all have our relationships with the customers, things like that. And that's what we're taught to do. But then there's a lot of things that we're not shown how to do and that we, well, in the Navy, we called it sea lawyers. You know, you, you would you would hear, oh, yeah, well, th- here's how this works. Here's how that works. And you hear from these guys who, you know, they've been there for a while and you just pay attention. And we have kind of the same thing in the barber industry. So I'll, I'll give you a couple examples here. One of the things, one of the most common ones is, well, you know, you need you should go get yourself and make an LLC. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, a lot of the folks are like, well, what is an LLC? How do I do that? Oh, just go to LegalZoom and get an LLC. And that's about the, the, the extent of the conversation. What the whole podcast is with Beyond the Barber's Chair is about bringing professionals in who work with these things on a day-to-day basis. So I was able to have someone who does business entities come on, my, come on the show there and break down what an LLC is, what it does, what it doesn't do. When you're putting it together, how do you want to do this? Well, you probably don't want to go to LegalZoom and do it. Get someone who actually knows what they're doing, who knows what questions to ask of the barber. Because if you get an LLC that's not set up the right way for our, or our industries or for our own individual situations, you may as well not have an LLC to begin with. Right. And so to have people come in and can actually talk about that sort of thing. Another one is like taxes. Yeah. Uh, I've got an entire, entire episode about write-offs, tax yeah. write-offs. Now, this, this sprung from, uh, I was over at Premier Orlando, and a few of us had a conversation. And they're saying, well, yeah, hey, I'm on this trip. This whole thing's a whole write-off for me. And people, people in conversation were saying, well, that, well that's cool. What, what is this? How's that work? Oh, no one knew. I was able to get a Ramona Baptiste, who is a phenomenal tax resolutions expert in. She was able to talk about it, and she said, you know, here's what a write-off is. Here's what it's not. Here's how this thing works. If you're on a business trip, here's what you can, here's what you can't write off. She she spent a good amount of time just breaking it down really, really, really well. And so what it is, is it's information from experts who deal with these, these different situations on a day-to-day basis who actually know what it is they're talking about, as opposed to a bunch of us barbers trying to figure out and Google and YouTube and all that yeah. stuff and listen to who whatever is trying to sell us, whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. You one professional to another, you know, we're learning. And uh yeah, I, I was really enjoying the the chiropractor episode and the ergonomics one with the shear cutting. Like those oh, yeah. are those are all anything it's like taking a toll on the body. I'm like, okay, I'm open ears right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So Willie Hyde, uh, he's the director of education for Shark Fin Shears. Mm. And uh he, of all the educators I've seen out there, either shows or online, whatever, he really breaks down why the ergonomics in the hands matters. And I knew that I wanted to be able to focus on having swivel thumb shears. I wanted, you know, because a lot of us barbers, we, they think it's a little fancy thing or we don't even know about them or whatever. But those swivel, those swivel thumb shears are remarkable for our hands. Yeah, I, mean, I can literally, instead of having the, the scissors, I'm going to try to do this, instead of having the scissors move my hand all over the place here, I can literally just move my thumb and the, right. the shear will go right along with me. That's all I you want to move. I have no thumb. hand pain. 
that's amazing. the only thing you want to move, right? The thumb. Yeah. I feel like it aids in it more. The uh, it swivel. Does. Yeah. And, it makes uh, it easier. Right. And uh, I've got five different sets of, uh, of blenders or thinning or whatever, whatever we want to call them. Yeah. They all do different jobs, you know, as far as different kinds of blends and stuff. But we're moving a whole lot of hair when we're using those things. No doubt. Uh, that's why hair moving through there. There's a lot of resistance. So do we really want our hands to be, you know, in a weird position or in anything other than a natural position to be working with that? Yeah, and, uh, you know, when, when I cut all day long, you know, you know, day after day after day and having zero hand pain, that that tells me something. Absolutely. Yeah. The hand pain I always get in my left hand. Well, I'm a righty, so I'm not mm -hmm. cutting with shears on my left hand. But it's always the grip of the comb mm -hmm. and things like that because I'm always I'm always gripping something in the offhand, whether it's yeah. a brush or a comb or, uh, you know, whatever, a neck duster. <laughs> <laughs> I feel naked without something in that hand. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I find <laughs> myself, like, holding my hand out, like, kind of like, what? <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, right. something in your hand, Matt. You're making weird <laughs> gestures, right? Guy <laughs> in the chair is like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Yeah. I always imagine, like, you know, sometimes I always cut hair like I am being watched. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, imagine someone, like, in the waiting area seeing my hand right now without something in it. What, Whatever the hell shape I'm making with it. Right? <laughs> right. Definitely don't want that. Yeah, that whole uh, I don't know what to do with my hands thing going yeah, on. Hundred ten percent, hundred ten percent. So before we dive any more into your podcast, we're gonna absolutely come back to it. Sure. But uh, I have something else podcast related with my Justin observation. Always, always have a little observation, Dave. Kind of an opening monologue of sorts. Um, and this has to do with a client that you might have in your chair. Have you told people about your podcast? A lot of your clients. Some of them, yes. Why? Why some? Just because it just comes up, right? Gotcha. Just yeah, yeah just you're not like. Up. Hey, by the way, I have a pot. Like sometimes I can kind of bring it up like that. The clients, right? It's, it's always well, here's surprise. how the conversation usually comes along. Yeah, we're yeah. sitting talking about things, and hey, so we up to how are things going? And of course, they're hey, what are you up to? How are things going? I got to record. So, <laughs> what are you doing these days? Well, you know, I. You know, I'm working on working on this. We're on that. Got a lot of irons in the fire. Got a podcast which I'm putting together for barbers. And we chat about it real quick. Oh, that sounds cool. And we and we move on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the the guys in the chair now, even though the information is universal, uh, let, let's let, let's face it. You know, anyone can use this information, right? Hundred percent. But the guys in the chair aren't who I'm who I'm targeting with a podcast. Right. I mean, to, to them, it's like, okay, cool. He's a podcaster. Yay. <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. I always let them know. I was like, you know, my podcast, it's, you know, it's not just like, dude, what clippers do you use? Like, it's, you know, it's not just that. It's it's more than that. It's kind of made for whoever, you know, wants to relate to it. So that's why I always kind of approach them. I'm like, it's a little more humanitarian than just just behind the chair talk. So oh, exactly. And that's the, that's the thing. Now, when I talk to professionals, when I have someone who's like a CPA in my chair or something like that, that's when the conversation really starts to blossom because oh, if I'm yeah. interviewing a, a CPA or someone in the financial, I want to have that kind of, uh, that kind of anchor or a frame of reference. So that when yeah. I have a guest on there, who's, who's doing the talk, it's not just brand new information to me. It's something which I've at least heard before gotcha. and can actually interact with me in the conversation. So when it's someone who provides like one of the professional services or a health service or, 
something beneficial for a barber, uh, the conversation just kind of naturally runs that way. If that makes 100%. sense. Hundred percent. Like my barber guests that I that have podcasts, like that's huge for me because that's that's the easiest like reconnaissance I can do on the guest. What's in their podcast? You'll learn a lot about them and what they're about. And so, yeah, I'm always appreciative of my barber guests having podcasts as well because there's no competition. It's definitely all love and just keep spreading that network out like a spider web, man. So the observation though is, you know. You let these people know, you know, I started back. It was the day of the Super Bowl is when I released the first episode. And uh, I thought about it back in November of last year. We're almost coming up on a year of just the thought coming into my brain. Um, you know, you tell your clients and then, you know, a few months go by. You know, sometimes you get these people that are, you know, three monthers or, you know, you let a couple visits go by. And then they kind of, in almost a pretentious way, they're like, hey, how's that podcast going? And you're like, yeah, you little shit. I'm up to episode 30 now. Like, like whatever episode you're on. And then, so, like, have you got that yet? I know you're kind of still in the beginnings, but, like, have you got someone ask, you know, recall it back and be like, hey, how's that going? Almost in, like, a, they expected you to stop doing it already way. I haven't had it in uh, in that way where I think they expect me to stop doing it yet. Yeah, I haven't had that, but I'll tell you what I did have, uh, which uh, kind of caught me off guard. The guy goes, so, "So, how's the little podcast going?" Yeah, little little podcast. Whoa. That word, you're just <laughs> like, okay, all right. Wow, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but then again, I don't have a lot of clients like that. I mean, it's, it's kind of like your shop and my shop. You know, the, the people in our chairs, they can appreciate someone reaching out on, on their own and trying to do something. Yeah. Uh, you, I've never heard of a president of a company putting down someone trying to create something good. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I've never seen that. So people who actually work hard and understand things, they, right. uh, they get it. Yeah. Most of the really time cool. it's about them when they're saying, how's that little podcast going when they tried their little thing too, and it didn't work. And so mm -hmm. they're just like, looking for someone else that failed <laughs> or that gave up it's really right. giving up not failing well but, you know uh, what yes that's the thing which i noticed with podcasts there's, there's a lot of podcasts out there that get started and they have two or three really good episodes and then now what fizzles out yeah it, it just fizzles out so yeah that, and but, like yeah, when but, i see it i'm like rooting for them i'm like dude why'd you stop come yeah. on bring it back you can still do it it, it, it can totally be done. Yeah. It's See, not, dude, I'm an idiot. I can do it. Anyone can do this. <laughs> just like anything, a little repetition, a little research, and just throwing yourself out there into the lines, then impressing record. <laughs> sometimes that's all it is. Right. And sometimes that's, sometimes to help you out, say, hey, here's what you do. The uh, platform you, you're using, this is the first time I've seen your platform. I use a different platform. And so when you show me this, I'm thinking, that's so freaking simple. Yeah. How come I haven't done this before? Right, yeah. You, you get those kinds of prizes. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm here to share any knowledge, too. Feel free to ask anything, and uh, I'm going to ask you about your platform as well. But, yeah, that was an observation. I just wanted to kind of dabble on that a little bit just because, you know, people people are weird, man. People mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, I hate to bring up my wife again, but sometimes, like, if she's having a bad day or something, she wants to watch, like, a disaster for a movie you know what i mean mm -hmm. like 
I think back when like Shameless was on with the show okay. Shameless, like <laughs> she was like, you know, I like watching a show. It makes me feel better about my li- life. <laughs> That's what she would say. I was like, the whole Jerry yeah. Springer effect. Yeah, hundred percent. You're like, wow. Yeah, I thought people, I was on a bad day till I watched this. Yeah, pe- people enjoy good train wreck. It, it's exactly. amazing. I mean, think about how many times we we've seen this online. You know, there is something is about to go down. Something really bad's about to happen. Who's there helping the guy? People got their phones out. Hey, check this yeah. out, guys. Hey, look at this train wreck going on here. Wasn't there a guy that got killed at a football game recently? He got beat to death, and like 90% of the people were just standing around watching, filming it. Yeah, I think I heard something about that. I can't remember where it was, but yeah, that happened. And you know, it's the same thing on like Instagram with Atlanta, like ATL Scoop, and like all these pages where you see some sort of maniac in traffic doing something that you know we see on a day-to-day basis driving around here in this city <laughs> but yeah yeah people love seeing people go splat <laughs> yeah 100 percent, no doubt about it yeah, if you look yeah. at uh there, there was a thing i'm, I'm sure it still exists but way on back you know in the prehistoric internet we had this thing called fail blog yeah absolutely and a yeah. Bunch of things like yeah that didn't work out that didn't work out that didn't work out and it was one of the most popular <laughs> websites people would go to Right. People love people seeing just, that kind of stuff. It goes back to like Chris Farley. People just like people falling down. That's yes. <laughs> yes. It's like uh so in, in the shop where I'm at, all right. We have uh we don't get a lot of sports on the TVs or anything like that. Uh most of it is uh almost like a TikTok thing, a whole bunch of guys you know doing things. The chide. chide. Yeah, that's the one. That's chide. all you picked. <laughs> yeah, the, you got it. <laughs> hey, yeah. y'all, y'all get all the soccer. We get the chive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm going nuts on Saturday, just trying to put football, college football on, and just you know, this oh. is like my heaven this time of year, man. It's like Christmas time. It's nice. So, are, but are yeah, back to, to the podcast. Real, football. What's that? Go ahead. Are you able to cut while watching while watching football? No, it, it's it's. It's really not possible. You kind of just have to peek when you can and just, you know, you can kind of track it a little better if the if the uh, client's actually into the game or has some sort of stake in it. They, they kind of update you. I'm like, <laughs> don't be like, oh, and you're like, what? What happened? What happened? What? Right. <laughs> I, I know me too well. Uh, so there's been soccer and football. Soccer's always going, 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 going. Yeah. And I'd be looking at the screen the whole time. Wow. Football, yeah. every couple minutes, there's something going on really intense. Okay, uh, stop. Stop everything. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. I, I would have a hard time cutting with sports in front of me. Yeah. Soccer, I mean, you could see something developing from a distance, and you're like, here we go, here we go, here we go. But football, I mean, you, if there's any sport you could pull off in barbering to watch, it would be football, right? Yeah. I guess that would be the only one you could pull off, but it's – or golf, a little bit of golf every now and then. Yeah, because that's one of those things where you get a little bit of action here and there. You know, yeah. and, I, and I let me let me re, let me rephrase that. It's not continuous. It's there's time in between the the uh, action. So you have action. You got a minute or so. Action, three minutes or so. Action. Yeah. So you could actually create a pattern that works around that. Watch. Watch. Right. Oh, like, crap, all right, I, I got a section now. out in ten, a minute here. Let me put on a guard. What's the score? All right, my bet's still in the balance. <laughs> and, and if it's a test moment, you put those tools down. Right. I know my yeah. luck. 
Uh, oh, oh crap! Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Being a fade today. <laughs> I'll kind of try to involve them. I'll spin them towards the TV and be like, "Dude, what happened? It was ten to nothing a second ago. Now it's twenty four fourteen. Yeah. But yeah, 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 back to the barber podcast. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My guest, uh, Ami Fields, I had on a while ago. He uh, he threw that stat out there, and it was like, you know, it's like a good eighty percent of podcasts fail, like after the first episode or. If you make it to episode two, I think you're better than like 80% podcasts. So yep. just keep keep pushing along, Dave. Yep. I'll tell you something about the MI Fields. You know, between him, uh, Craig Charles, and Jordan, they've got the trio. They, they, they've done it right, the way I look yeah. at it. They can do it solo. If one of them needs to be sick, they can do two of them. They can do all three of them. It's a team that's involved. So when yeah. you have more than one person doing it, I don't want to say easier, simpler, but you have a lot more options and a lot more ways to make things happen. It's a lot no more doubt. dynamic. And uh, by the way, that uh, Barber College Success is the first Barber podcast I ever saw. First, They've been doing it for a minute. They've been crushing it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like fantastic. I like the three hosts because it kind of, they're all in like a different part of their life, too. Mm-hmm. So you get like three different perspectives. Back to football, it's almost like that quarterback documentary on Netflix. They pick three different quarterbacks at different parts of their career. You know, one that's probably going to get benched, one that's going to win a Super Bowl, and one that's kind of in between. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's interesting what they did, Barber College success. And uh, I was yeah, always appreciative of them, you know, supporting my pod and being a part of it. And, you know, maybe I'll be a guest on theirs one day. But, uh, yeah, definitely I was uh, fortunate to be able to interview all three of them individually so i'll tell you a story about the guys there yeah so uh you know they're they had this they had their schools up in bristol virginia and johnson city uh tennessee and a friend of mine a dear friend of mine knew that i was going after my instructor's license and she said look i'd like to get a school open here in about six months and i'm thinking well that's pretty quick but all right but the school i had gone to is very alternative so okay. I want to see what a real school looked like. And I've been listening to these guys for a long time. It's like, these guys know. And I asked them if they'd mind if I'd go up there to go check it out. They rolled out the red carpet. Wow. Like, yeah, come on here. Come on. Let's take a look at it. Let's see what's going on. And here's this. Here's here's our admin person, Robin. And let's you know let's go through all these things we have going over here. Meet our financial person, Dana. Uh, meet Dale, who she takes care of a lot of the, the uh, admin stuff at the other school. They they showed me all the things that go that go into opening school. The very first thing I realized really quick is this isn't going to happen in six months. And that's <laughs> a lot of stuff to get a school open. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. But like I mean, the school I went to, they're, they're up to three locations now, and I think the original location. I mean, months and months of a waiting list, mm-hmm. and I want to have them on eventually too. Oh, but yeah. that, that that one's that is probably the most harrowing. Uh, guests I could have. Th- those are my like mentors. They taught me a lot. You know, they taught me my my baseline there. So, yeah, them. I'm like super nervous <laughs> about interviewing yeah. them, but I definitely want to ask them. At what point do you kind of like educate other instructors or like you know, kind of do what I'm doing, like just like support the network of barbers and barber podcasts because. To them, I don't think anyone's going to take any of their business. They're so good. They're, they're, I mean, they're so professional and they just, they did it the right way and they strive themselves on doing it the right way. 
And yeah, like I said, I don't think they would lose any business if they, if they branched out into even like, you know, helping out other schools. So. Well, and but, you know, the, yeah. the uh, whole adage of the rising tide lifts all ships. Now, do, do they already right. know about your podcast? Uh, I reached out to them. I, I kind of want to do, I want to jam as much people in this room as I can on this stage as I can. Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of see, I was a, I was a bit of an anomaly uh, student because I spanned across like three eras of barber students because I took so long. <laughs> I was like, I was the Van Wilder of barber school. I was saying, I was just like, I just inched my way through it and uh, I had to work. I had bills to pay. I had a wife that's not from this country that got pregnant and we're back and forth to Italy and we're, we're, we're still trying to, you know, just exist as a grad student and a, you know, someone who's kind of just squeaking by paying bills. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot to uh, handle all at once. And it's kind of wild how I, got through it but we did little by little and i appreciate them for uh working with me and that's why i always tell people i was like you know you don't have the money to start or they you know they'll work with you they'll make it work you know they're still trying to run a business but they're they're people you know they're people that are willing to help people so you know they didn't they came from humble beginnings too so they get it and uh they're great people and great instructors as well. And they keep growing somehow. It's wild. So I love your story. Oh you yeah. Probably yeah really I love it. I can't I mean, wait. Look at where you're at right now. Up. You you're in one of the nicest shots I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, you've got it, a great team of people there. Yeah. I mean, the, the community that you've got going on right there is just fantastic. The clients are top notch clients. Heck, you got one of the best bars in the freaking city right there with you too, man. Yeah, yeah so, that's what I tell people. I'm like, the bar is probably one of the most underrated bars. Like, oh, I don't even know that underrated. Oh my gosh! So, yeah. uh, so there's a time when I was looking around and I, I checked out, you know, checked it out just based on a friend's recommendation. Uh, her husband got cut there, and I, I went and checked it out. Uh, sat down, you know, with, with the owner for a bit, and we just, you know, had a chance to talk and everything like that. And I think there's there's a difference between confidence and knowing exactly where you're at. Yeah. And I knew that at that point right there, I wasn't the barber he needed me to be at that shop. So it's like, Hey, let's thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And you know, let's definitely stay in touch and see how things go in the future. But wow, what a shop that is. And oh, to go crazy. through what you had to go through to get through the school, basically what you're just telling me here. I mean, you had to push through you, you took the, you took the long route. You had to go through it bit by bit to make it work. Check what's going on right now. Those guys have got to be really, really, really pleased with your story, man. Yeah, it's it was a lot of trials and tribulation, a lot of getting reset and rebuilding, and just just kind of knocking through the walls, man, to, of anxiety. Just let alone anything else. Like you know, sometimes it's just like, man, like why am I so worried? Like I've done this before. I've been through a lot worse than this. Like. Just any little thing. Sometimes you just wonder. You're just like, man, why are you like, why are you even stressing over this? Come on, you've been through a lot. Because we so, do. No because doubt. you care. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. How, how long have you been cutting? I've only been cutting for five years professionally. Get out, really? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm still pretty green in this. So. Yeah. Isn't it I, amazing uh, to be in an industry where you can be in it for five years and still be new at it? Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm just getting started. Yeah. 
And it, and I, I think I think it's Craig Charles who said it first. New bars don't get their stride till we're at it two or three years in it. Right. And yeah, then we start feeling our stride. Yeah, that's a big thing. So I'll, I have something to talk about that. But before we go any further, we got to get into your background. Dave. Okay. So, so let's start from where you were born and where you kind of grew up. Okay. I grew up over by Perimeter Mall. Okay. Uh, so here in Atlanta, far. in North, North Atlanta. Uh, and this is, uh, you, you can tell I'm not exactly 20 years old anymore, although I tell people I've been 29 for a good long time. <laughs> <laughs> the, the actual age is 53. 53, so, yeah, awesome. 53 years and uh you know i'm having a blast with this back then all that all that really good stuff that across the street from the mall and the crown ravinia and all this other stuff it was uh it was a cow pasture wow it was literally a cow pasture back then and i remember seeing this chimney in the middle and sometimes wondering you know did they uh did they have a house there and take the house down or did someone get hungry and just decide to cook them up right there on the field i had no idea <laughs> so, i'm like it's like wow so I grew up there and I went to Avondale High School at Performing Arts Central. Uh, that's where I learned to do a lot of my music, a lot of my playing, things like that, and worked work through there. And uh, went to join the Navy. They, 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 now, this is about where the time where the balls can start bouncing all over the freaking place. All right. Right. Uh, so I, I joined the Navy, went to the Navy bands, uh, got stationed in Japan and Seattle for most of the time. And man, what a great 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 time no wait did you have any kind of like influence to go into the military what, what about your folks or uh, anything like that not really from the folks I, i've got a lot of military in the family but uh one of the um one of the honor bands that i had gone to over the university of georgia uh the conductor for this particular symphonic band was uh he was a colonel in the air force music program okay. and i talked to them and said yeah so yeah, here's why I play. And at that, at that time, I was more of a symphonic player than a jazz player. And I was playing different horns and things like that. And he said, well, for what you're doing, yeah, military works. Because you can go to college and you can pay to go to college and try to get the scholarship and all that. And you can do all that stuff. Go out there and follow the same path as everyone else follows. Or you can get into the military bands. You can audition for them and get in there and play there. And for what you're doing, where it specializes what you're doing, and I was doing low reads in the symphonic situation, is, is very different from what I ended up doing. But based on that, I started talking to the Navy guys. And uh, uh, I talked to the Marines as well. The the Navy, they looked at my ASVAB scores, and the the ASVAB scores were pretty crazy high. Wow. And uh, you know, they, they, they see me coming in, it's like, oh, wow, high ASVAB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so what would you like to do? I want to be in the band. <laughs> now what about music influence did you have anything there as far as going into the military from there or just music influence period just music period any kind of art artistic influence or musical influence there oh uh, you know what it's kind of crazy so when I, when I first started playing the band director had me playing clarinet okay. uh, and somewhere along the way because I've always liked bass sounds and things like that. And I learned there's a bass clarinet. I said, hey, I oh, wow. let me try this thing out. Can I do it? And he brought me a bass clarinet to try it. I was like, oh, I like this axe. And, and so I started working with that. And during my classical days, I started listening to a lot of cello music and trying to play cello music on the bass clarinet, which actually translate pretty well. Okay, uh, and yeah. then uh, I, I saw a jazz band, talked to the band director with, with that particular band. And he said, well, you should pick up the saxophone. Start playing tenor sax. You're playing bass clarinet, play tenor sax. And I started playing both those horns. And as I got into the Navy, 
and I started playing there is more jazz oriented. And I started listening to more and more people, more and more musicians, and really, like you say, getting the feet wet. You know, brand new musician. Let's see if we can figure this thing out. You know, while I'm in, the, while I'm in these bands with these really great musicians, these really great players. And uh, I think probably the best influence I got musically was actually when I was stationed in Seattle. Uh, okay. About about three of the guys there, uh, Tim Blunk. Tim Blunk is was probably my absolute best friend in the entire Navy experience. He and I, I mean, we, we were two pieces of the pot. It, it was great. We did all kinds of things. He was a trumpet player, and his brother Dan was a sax player who was just flat-out amazing. And uh, Dan was the one who actually reached his hand out and said, hey, let me help you and get get learning how to how to do these things. Says, I see what you're trying to do. And so now Dan's trying to help me. Uh, Tim Tim and I were being good friends. Dan, Dan's trying to help me. Another guy out there named Dave Langett, who uh, Dave Langett was the kind of guy, he had this saxophone sound, which is like, I am just charging and taking over the freaking world. Here we go. And really? he would open up opportunities for me. It was great. They introduced, we well, actually, they didn't introduce me. Dan, another fella and I had gone to Jazz Alley on Seattle, which is one of the jazz bars they had out there. And they had a couple of players there, and one of them was from Olympia. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know the Saturday Night Live band back when, back in the day when they had a saxophone player who just played like course, a yeah. stratosphere all the time. All the time. His on, teacher, yeah. his wow. teacher. No way. And now I'm studying with this guy. Bert they don't Wilson. have the SNL band anymore like that. I think they do, but I don't think it's kind of like it's I, not I don't the same guy. The, it's not the same guys. I don't think. Okay. But, yeah, uh, I guess over the years they kind of have to transform. Well, they've been around. They've been around for years. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is SNL without that sound? Without that band it. at the beginning? Yeah. It's like here we go. It's the band we know is there. It's like it's like the old Tonight Show. You knew is there from the band. The yeah. new the Tonight Show now with the Roots playing. You yeah. know it's them. It, it, it's it's the identity. The whole music. The whole music situation. That's gotta be difficult for the Roots to actually like record music. Because before the writer's strike, you know, of course, like, what's their schedule? Do they get off like one week a month? I feel like. Maybe. Because I feel like they do a rerun like one week out of the month and then everything else is like, you know, that day. And so I'm just like, when are these guys like they get a week off at a time? How do they record music if they put out an album? And they've put out like at least three albums since they've Mm -hmm. had that gig. When you love what you're doing so much, is it really work? Yeah. To those guys there, it's probably nothing. Say, hey guys, let's get in jam and put together some stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's that. Well, that's the, the, the gig they that. have, the Jimmy Fallon gig, like that yeah. probably becomes more work, right? Mm-hmm. That that's so. You know, tight deadlines every day. I, I wonder why it like kind of runs its course. Because they're, you know, they're pretty involved in the show too. So that's... Mm-hmm. they, I noticed they keep doing little different things. Like yeah. one, one of my favorite things they ever did. This is years ago, when they would actually all squeeze into this little schoolroom set and play music on kindergarten toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, that's where I. That's the first time I heard blurred lines. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> little. <laughs> yeah, it, is that playing on that? Like, that's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I could so, see the little like you know xylophone or something like. Yeah, <laughs> they they had a lot of fun. They're just doing little things. I I think those little those little changes changes ups 
I think they break the monotony. At least for a musician, it did for me. Uh, right. Where in the Navy, we did ceremonies, we did PR gigs, you know, we would do, you know, the shows for, you know, the, the dances and things like that. And it's because things were broken up all the time. We weren't doing the same thing all the time that it really worked out well. Yeah, so I, I, I'd imagine they probably see something like that. How long were you in the Navy? Eight years. Eight years. That's a good run. Yeah, it was, it was a good run. It was so a good what run. was the transition, like, you know, finishing up where you kind of like, you know, this is kind of ran its course. I'm, I'm looking to move on to something else or where it was it hard to kind of move on. You know, uh, it wasn't hard to move on. Well, I'll just put it this way. You can have really good leadership in any, any place and things work really well. And you can have really bad leadership and things become a chore really bad. For sure. And, uh, about my sixth year in, uh, we had a guy who came in and he basically did a change of command ceremony for the band. And, uh, yeah, okay. So you do a ceremony. Fine. You got a new, new officer in charge, that sort of thing. So imagine a new person taking over at the barbershop who, uh, basically couldn't cut for nothing. Do you know what a good haircut looks like? He tried coming for all these places here. Couldn't ever succeed, but now he's your boss and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, he, the guy came in and he did, uh, did a speech. And, you know, th this is the day when I realized, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, you know, so I've been in the Navy before and I couldn't get promoted chief. I was in for all these years, couldn't get promoted chief. So I got out of the Navy. After that, I went and got my college degree. I got a doctorate in music. I couldn't make it on the outside. So I came back. They made me an officer. And here I am. This is my first band. Well, at now, least he was transparent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fake the funk. I really want to. I really want to think he's. I really want to think he was trying to be motivational and positive. Uh, but the only thing I can think in my head is like, <laughs> "You gotta be kidding me!" Right. It's like I'm not doing another 18 years of this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I think this shit's ran its course a little bit with the special. Yeah, it's, it's done. Uh, when, when, and he still I lasted learned, a couple of years with that guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I survived. <laughs> yeah. I survived. He he and I. Uh, at that point, my, my attitude just kind of kicked in there. It's like, yeah, all right, that's it. I'm done. And yeah. you can learn, you can see what a negative attitude can do, how pervasive it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, and hindsight being 2020, if someone had been able to convince me at that time that the BS that happens on the inside also happens on the outside and been able to get that through my skull, then, uh, you know, I probably, I probably would have run 20, 30 years and just said, all right, let's just, let's just roll with it. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, uh, I can also look back on and see just how quickly a negative attitude can actually affect an entire crew, which oh, is yeah. why in a barbershop, if you got that one Make guy sense. who's really just messing, you know, he's got that wrong attitude, been around, you know? Right. Once people start huddling up and shit like that, you're like, oh boy, what are we doing right now, guys? What's going yeah. on? Once, oh, once... It, it's nuts. Yeah, and I, I don't have any regrets about, you know, about or anything like that. You know, it's just one of those things where I can look at it now from the experience which I have now and see it even more clearly than I could see when I was actually in the middle of it all. For sure. And that was a really neat way to, it's really neat when you can actually look back on past gigs and see actually what transpired and see from a different mindset. No doubt. So then, then what was next? What were you like? Okay. What am I going <laughs> to do now? Oh yeah. The background, right? <laughs> so 
I got out. There wasn't there wasn't any call in the city of Atlanta for a saxophone player who could steer a submarine. So I, I wasn't going to. So you were trying to play. You were trying to play professionally. Out. Actually, I sold I sold my horns when I left Seattle. No, really. Yeah, I was done. It's like you know. Why? What? I, I was done. Just didn't it had have run the... its course. You know gotcha. the, the the thing which I really had loved doing had been turned to a chore. And yeah. so it's like you know what. I, I had I had a couple of really nice horns, and I got a couple of guys. It, it, it's Seattle. There's musicians all over the place. Guys, keep the keep the music playing. Buy these horns. Let's do this. And so you know, came back over here, went into advertising sales. And uh, here's where the ball starts bouncing. <laughs> Follow the bouncing ball. I got tired of the ad guys messing up my ads, so I taught myself how to do graphic design. Then I wound up doing graphic design at the ad agency. Then I wound up being the production manager at a different spot. Did some freelance, came on as a production coordinator for a newspaper, went and did some more uh, freelance, was rehired by the agency I'd been with before to do some new projects with them. Finished my run with them and started doing more freelance work. And I ran to a guy who would become a really strong mentor in my life, but he wanted me to do, uh, he wanted me to become the director of marketing for his restaurant. And I said, okay, okay. sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's like a, if you're a director of marketing for a restaurant, you're doing a whole lot of other things. You're probably not going to be doing the marketing, at least in this situation. Yeah. So here I am. I'm running restaurants and learning about different kinds of businesses. Multiple uh, restaurants. I'm sorry. Multiple restaurants. Yeah, I got yeah, restaurants, clubs. is 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 a interesting thing. Hated every minute of it because that just wasn't my industry. But I was I was still. It's like let's go do. It. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Make what kind of restaurants right? are we talking? Oh, uh, one was a Brazilian restaurant, and then one was a one was a nightclub, uh, okay. which is which is really interesting in the area. <laughs> nightclub life. Oh, the director of marketing for a nightclub. Walk me through a day in the life of a nightclub director of marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, just my just a regular Saturday or something. No, I'm sorry. Just like a regular Saturday night or like a regular you know, Saturday night. <laughs> Well, uh, being as I, I had already left the club the night before at five o'clock in the morning, yeah, uh, I would show up around noon, and okay. I'd help to I'd help to run the, the lunch the lunch shifts things like that, make sure all the things we were in operational mode in that time. So I wasn't director, I wasn't doing the marketing at that time. I was in I was involved in the actual operations. Um, yeah. yeah. So you know, make sure the DJ booth is all set, all those things. Make sure all the techs working in the, in the shop there. Make all the cam- make sure all the cameras are working, everything there. And then in comes the influx right. and just trying to make sure no one got killed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, being, being that guy, keep my eyes open. And uh, it was really interesting because a lot of times I'd be in the DJ booth and I was tasked with watching the bar, you know, from out there, just trying to see if there's any kind of shadiness going on. And uh, yeah, it, it was really interesting because, I mean, I, I've never really been a, a club guy. It, it's yeah. never been my thing. But it was really fascinating seeing how that whole thing worked, the, the whole operation. And you learn some of the neat secrets from the inside. Like, have you ever heard people talk about, and you've, you've been around musicians, you've heard the, about the contracts. I want nine Evian bottles lined up in a row in the middle of the table. Yeah. I want that bowl of M&Ms, no green ones, you know, things like that. It's like, I think it's guys, just- I, need, I need some elevation or some elevation. We got to right. get these M&Ms exactly. elevated. Bring this. <laughs> One of the one of the GMs of the of the club there, he said, "Yeah, there." He he showed to me a different light. Yeah, they're not just being a holes here, and you know, that's not what they're all being about. It's a visual for them to be able to look. 
because they go where the band's going to be or whoever's performing and they can see there's not nine bottles lined up in a row. Or if they look at M&M's thing and there's a green one in there or they see green ones in there. And these things are not their own lineups. They're packed inside the contract. They're yeah. able to look and say, you know what? They missed these details. All right. Everything suspect. Check every single thing. And that's, that's you, so you had to be like De Niro in Casino. Be like, I want an equal amount of blueberries in the muffins. <laughs> It's, it's one of the things you had to look at those things like, okay, let's make sure we got all this room, you know. Right. And you know, it's, it was it was really a very humbling experience. So at what point were you like, you know, are we gonna get back to the marketing part of this position or am I just gonna run operations? <laughs> As it came along. <laughs> right. I was still with that guy who'd been who wound up being a mentor. And that that's really why I stayed there, because I was working with him. Okay. And uh it uh, that's why I dealt with that whole industry, uh, you know, just because the other. So how long was there. that that you dealt with that? That was about eight or nine years. Oh wow, that was a good yeah, run. It was, it was a pretty, was a pretty good chunk. Key. Yeah. And then when I got out, um, yeah, I went back into freelance graphic design. You know, it's like, oh, we're done. I'm gonna start doing this, but I did it from the side of doing websites instead of selling business cards and things like that. And uh, a couple years into it. About maybe three, three or four years into it, the, the the same guy, he said, hey, listen, I've got a store here which I need to rebrand and renovate. Can you help me with that? And uh, that started a whole six or seven years that we stayed together after that. And we, we did our thing after that. And uh, it was the uh, saltwater aquariums. It was a really interesting uh, industry. And like, like I said, follow that bouncing ball. Wow. So we did that. And then when I when I finally left, uh, you know, my mom was actually in really bad health, and so I basically I, I walked away. It's like, hey, listen, I've got to go take care of family. That's it. It doesn't matter how hard we work; we still need to take care of family. And she was in Georgia. Yeah. Okay. So that and was so cool. when we were there, we we took care of things there, and uh, I I had gone back into uh, into the freelance websites for for a while, and then one day my wife says. Hey, you know, uh, I partner, and you know, she's a cosmetologist. Now, oh wow, 20, you know, a long time before that, she had mentioned, "Hey, you want to look at barbering?" And I knew everything back then, so I didn't do it. <laughs> but she says, "You know, I partner with a barber. He does those prosthetic hair replacements, oh, and yeah. it'd be good for you to be able to price the industry." Oh yeah, it's interesting. And uh, I, the idea was, I could talk to other barbers and say, "Hey, look, don't lose the money because you don't do the service." Come work, you know, let, let's work together here. So you're making some money when we, we everyone eats. Yeah. And while we're talking, we said, well, let's, why don't I go to barber school so that I can learn to speak with barbers as barbers, as opposed to some outside sales rep. Right. Second week of school, it's like, you know what? Hey, I'm having too much fun doing this. We're going to change plans. I'm going to go and do this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got the, uh, yeah. Sometimes well, I, got, need, I, I got hooked on hardcore. Yeah, exactly. You caught the bug quick. That that's why like as soon as you just get a little bit of momentum in barbering, it's like, wow, let's keep this going. And it's just like a building block. You just keep building up just your skills, your knowledge, your confidence, you know. But as soon as you take some time off, it seems like that incline just gets paused and then it just starts sliding back down the hill. And then you're like, yeah. All right, I'm back in the shop. It's <laughs> <laughs> never status quo. There's no such thing, really. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. It never stays the same. <laughs> right. No doubt. Yeah. And like even financially, too. Mm -hmm. Like I work Mondays, I work four days a week, 
And so if there's a holiday on a Monday, all of a sudden, three days a week is not enough days to work to make enough money, I feel like, no matter how expensive the haircuts are. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I'm still, I still feel like I'm playing catch up from Labor Day. <laughs> right. You get that little holiday, like, dead spot, too. You know what I mean? That holiday hangover where, like, the week after Labor Day is kind of dead for some reason. Yeah. Like, what, what the hell's wrong with these people? Where are they at? it's like hello guys right. you're looking yeah. shaggy get over here <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you, you you definitely do i know you're due <laughs> and then they come in yeah I, i've gone away a couple extra weeks here yeah you have <laughs> so talk about testing in georgia what was your barber exam like once uh, you were finishing so, up school so my school was uh you know it was very non-traditional uh it was designed to come in do what you need to do, get ready for the test, and go, and go take the tests. The exam for me, and I, it, I was in school for about nine months before I came out and took my exams. And the written test, you know, I went in there, did the written test, you know, the whole, the whole check-in with security and all that stuff, go do your multiple choice tests on the computer and everything. Yeah. How many questions was it? 150? About 150. Yeah. Yeah, about 150. And then, uh, when I did the practical, and by the way, the practical does every single thing that the CI, that the uh, candidate information bulletin has. It, if it was in the bulletin, you were doing it on the practical. Okay. I walked in at nine and walk out to like one thirty or two. Uh, we were <laughs> right. we were there, and here and yeah, these guys were not playing around. Nine people walked in. Six people took the test. Oh yeah. They turned they turned people away. Did you have to supply your model for your practical? Oh, oh you gotta love this. Two mannequin heads. Oh, two. Yeah, had bring in two mannequins. One heads. was a perm. Uh, so there, there was a roller set. Well, uh, so the first one was for the hair cutting and shaving and facial massage. Then okay. you get rid of that one there, and then you bring on the one that you're going to use for the rest of the test. Yeah, you know, as far as your, uh, as far as your uh, thermal curling, your uh, blow drying. Let's see what else do we have at that time. The, the 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 roller set we had that in there. We had. Relaxer version, relaxer retouch, color version, color retouch. Oh, uh, I mean, it, it was it was the entire gamut. We ran well, the entire gamut of the test. That's that's it's interesting to just hear how different states vary, because you know we supplied our model live models. We did a full shave, full haircut, gentleman's haircut. Mm -hmm. um, but in the curriculum I was under, we didn't have to do colors. They just removed the roller set. And so I was like, I mean, I was just blessed to not have to do those rollers, which <laughs> like, I'm sure like there's no way in the, on test day, these roller sets are going pristinely to plan. Like, <laughs> like there's no way. There's nothing going pristinely to plan. on <laughs> <laughs> Right. So when you tested, were you around your peers from school at all? Oh, no. Never? Oh, no. It, it, it was me. It was me. And oh, there by were yourself. Six, there were five other people in the room and five other people oh, taking yeah, the test. Five, yeah. Three proctors and a couple cameras. And, uh, you know, one of the guys who came in, his mom came in to be his live model, and they turned him away because you, know, you, you can't have that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, one guy oh, what? mannequin. It looks like they, it, it appears they've added foils to the test now. Oh, they added it now. So yeah, what's the test like in Georgia now? Same, same, same thing. Except they've added foils. They've added that, and they've also added a blood exposure instant. 
That's important. I Love like that. that. Yeah. And the, the whole thing is, okay, you, you have cut your finger. You're simulating. You have cut your finger. You're still able to continue to work, and no blood has got, you know, no one's been contaminated. The workspace is not contaminated. No one's contaminated. Go. <laughs> no, no. That's funny. Oh, like, my God. Anytime I've cut my finger, like whether I, I remember my very first barber gig, my very first shop, I shut the razor like on my pinky. And I was like, why would I do that like that? It made no sense. I haven't done it since like that. And, uh, you know, I was like, this is going to be bad, but I know I have about 10 more seconds before this thing gets, <laughs> this thing gets the flow. And so, you know, you're just nonchalantly like, yeah, okay. All right, buddy. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I got to <laughs> run in the back real quick or something. <laughs> oh God. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. I, I have gotten myself with the scissors over and over and over again oh, in yeah. all kinds of ways. Haven't done it with a razor yet, but the scissors, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like and, I tell I tell clients, I was like, you know, anything with the razor, I'm more likely to cut myself than you, even though I've mm -hmm. only done it once. But yeah, the shears, I mean, yeah, to this okay. day, I, I definitely, you know, maybe you're falling a little behind and you're rushing and, you know, you might. That's when it always happens for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think 100% of the time I'm, I've cut myself is when I was running behind and rushing. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. We do it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, you, the, the really sharp ones, you don't even realize that at the point. You just know something happened. You're not really sure. And then a couple minutes later, it's like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. I wear oh. gloves in the shop. Do you? Are you bare hand in the shop? I like gloves. Yeah. I wear gloves. And I feel like. I cut myself a lot more without gloves. I don't know if it's just that like mini barrier that you're trying to prevent from like actually cutting your glove because there's still like a, you know, a very thin surface that you could snip of that glove. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like once I put the gloves on, once I've worked full with the gloves, it happened a lot less. So I don't know if there's anything to that or not. Yeah. I, I think it's gotta be because my gloves get cut up all the time. Oh Yeah. My fingers Definitely. are fine. And I like, have to wear I have to wear them OJ tight. I always say. I was like, <laughs> everyone's like, "What size do you want?" I'm like, "Ah, medium. I gotta have them OJ tight." <laughs> you know, the one that gets me like is skin. when you get that little bit of a cut, and then the comb just catches it every time you're trying to comb. Oh, dude! Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. Especially like that, like uh, you know, that like end tooth of the comb. It's yes. always that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and you feel like it, it's like, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> But you just like power through it. You just like go right through the glove. You end up cutting the glove more half of the time. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> Once I'll, it's open. I got to the point now. I'll, I'll just rip that finger. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> right, yeah. Dude, I put the glove back on sometimes. Like I lay them back on or I lay them back for a shave or something. And mm -hmm. I, I take the blow dryer to my hand and inside the next glove and kind of blow it open. And then it just slides open, slides in a little easier. But half the time, there's still some sort of clamminess going on. Right, it, it's <laughs> tough to get it back on. You but, are uh, claiming this with these gloves. There's no question about that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, so okay. So you took the test. You passed first try. Mm -hmm. Right, flying yeah. colors. Oh, so so yeah. So, so yeah, what happened there? They there was a transition between tests going on at that time. Okay, so, so they updated the curriculum. They, they update everything. Okay, and so like two weeks before I take my exam. So I repractice everything with the new test. Oh, wow. And, and I go in 
I'm all set. You know, they, uh, Mankin, sorry, they looked at the heads. They inspected them. Okay, you're good. All right, you're here. All this other stuff. They start doing that opening speech, you know, because, you know, they can't, and it, the CIB, you know, you have the script. You have the script of what they're going to say. So you can practice this whole whole thing. You can simulate the exam as many times as you want with that script. Okay. And I started hearing the old you script. You didn't have that. What? <laughs> what you're talking about, the script, we didn't have any of that. Oh, we just had so our barber instructors telling us. <laughs> oh my gosh! So the the so the this whole document here it goes through the entire test. It's like you will now perform this exam here. You'll be expected to do these things. Things yeah yeah. You will do this 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 yeah. Step that when you're finished, the instructions will be read or will be repeated. Then you go through there and you would. I, I'm at, I'm actually teaching students, giving them mock exams with that with a script that they're going to use. Okay. So. I'm hearing the script and it's the old script and immediately I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. I thought I had 40 minutes to do this haircut. I got 30 now. And oh, the entire back half before. of my, That's interesting. Yeah. And the, the, the whole back end of the, of the kit now had to be rearranged because I knew they were going to be doing some different things. And I'm still having enterprise. So in the back of my head, this entire test, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to explain to the owners how I failed this test. This is not cool. <laughs> right. But but I want to pass that test and th there were no problems with it. But it it was uh, it was it was like six or seven hours of just pure hell the whole time in my head. It's like I, I, I failed this test. Not good. <laughs> I got lucky because I was on both sides of me. I was surrounded by fellow barber students that mm -hmm. in the same school I was in. Oh, I think man. I tested with like, I mean, there was 15 plus people in there. You kind of had pockets where you weren't being watched. And mm -hmm. that was just like, yeah. At one point you settle in, you're like, ah, this is fine. This isn't bad at all. You know, they're still like checking, you know, see if you left a corner or an edge on, you know, the Pareto Ridge or something. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, of course. <laughs> Like like it normally is. I think I've enjoyed it a lot better that way. I yeah. was such nervous. Like I, I'm literally knocking my mannequin head off the table. You know, time. <laughs> There's one point where I ran up against the table and my entire set just fell right off the front. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. So <laughs> You're like fumbling around like 10 times. Throw it across <laughs> the room. Yeah, yeah I saw that. that score at the end. It's like, do I have the right paper? <laughs> like that. Hey, God, you sure? Green. Last name, Green. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, after that, you were a free agent, right? Yes. So, the world was your oyster. What, what was your strategy from there? I followed my wife's advice. Go work at Great Clips for six months. Good good man. You know you know the credo. Happy wife, happy life. You know to listen a little bit. Yeah, you learned that. But I'll tell you what. So, Great Clips. I moved, I got, I got interviewed and, you know, they, and, and by the way, I didn't know how to cover nothing. <laughs> you know I mean? It's, it's like, I knew how to operate the tools. That's it. Yeah. No judgment. That's honestly not yeah. a bad path to start with. Like, no, it's, it's not. And uh, I went in for an interview and they, they brought me on, went to my first day of work. Okay, cool. Had all my stuff there, ready to go. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Cool. Got a call that night. Yeah. The whole country's shutting down for COVID. So uh, yeah, you don't need to show up. <laughs> Dude, that was that at that point in time yeah oh no <laughs> and i'm just like you gotta be kidding <laughs> oh my god 
Dude, we should have opened the podcast with this. Oh, it's crazy. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me here. Uh, By the time we reopened, of course, all my tools are in that shop. <laughs> yeah. I'm not pra- I'm not doing nothing for these two or three months. Oh, it's no. like, oh wow, these, that's what these things are. Cool. Yeah. Now when I went in, the, the lady oh, who man. who had interviewed me, she said, Okay, well, we got a full-on training schedule here. And the person I'm gonna have you go to work with, she is she knows she's taking a lot of people from brand new out of barber school to knowing how to cut. During those three months, the training system was completely gone. And the yeah. lady who had been who I was assigned to had left. So now we're, it's like, okay, now what? Where do I go? <laughs> and it it was amazing because uh, you know the the manager I was working with, she didn't know how to work with a brand new barber student. She knew how to take someone who'd been cutting for a couple of years and work yeah. from there. And so I struggled a lot those first several months. Of course. Uh, I remember one of my first haircuts was a little lady with a beehive haircut and <laughs> she left with about as much hair as I have. <laughs> and she still <laughs> hates me to this day. <laughs> you still know her. That's awesome. Oh, I, I still in touch with these guys. Are you oh, kidding? Great. You know, May, Macy Logan over in a uh, Kennesaw. She is one of the best cutters I've ever, ever worked with. Nice. Uh, Katie, uh, the, the assistant manager where I was at, she and I want to, you know, another one of these things where someone completely called me out, but we want to be some of the best friends ever. Uh, I remember there was one day where, I mean, she'd about had it with my lack of, of skills cutting with scissors. And I remember she just looked me right, right in the face and said, you know what? I don't know how someone can be put on the floor without even knowing how to use scissors. Damn. And that started a domino effect over the next week or two. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's a kick in the gut. Kick in yeah. the gut. But I, I've sure. seen these sort of things before. So, I, you know, it's like, yeah, you're, I'm not saying you're wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we got a straight <laughs> shooter on our hands. All right. <laughs> yeah. So I wound up, they, they found people like Kim Williams over in the Austell area. Let's go work with, with her for a while so I can learn how to do the, the scissor, the actual scissor cuts because she knew how to train people to do that. Veronica Garlington over in Kennesaw. Uh, she's a barber and a fantastic cutter. She helped me take what I had learned in barber school and actually translate it into cutting. I had a lot of help going through this. I stayed there for 18 months. Cut over 3,000 heads. Like one of the killers in our shop, Julie Santos. I mean, just like she, I worked right beside her. I got to see our chairs were so close. It's like the tightest area in the shop. So like if two people are working in those stations, like if you're doing a shave, you might be back to back, like doing the shave. (laughs) So like when I was like slow, of course, when I started, I would watch her a lot and I would see just how much of a technician she was just, and she started in great clips. She, she came to this country from Colombia and she started in great clips and just honed her skills there. And eventually, you know, uh, you know, we had a little transition in our shop and unfortunately she moved on and she's in her own suite now, which she deserves. And she's at that stage of her career for sure. So, uh, you know, I, I pay her a visit every now and then, say hi. And uh, yeah, just, I mean, there's an example of just someone who could just climb right up and they started in Great Clips. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no problem at all there. Great Clips was a very smart move for me to make. Yeah. I mean, again, 3,000 heads in the first year. There's yeah. no other job I'm working at where I'm going to cut 3,000 heads, get that many reps, get paid for it, yeah. and be accountable for none of it. 
Right. And have support system there. Hey, if he screws you up, we'll fix it. Absolutely. What, there, um, there's no other, no other, no other place really that's going to happen. The way I used to describe it is we were paid like waitresses. Okay. Cheap hourly pay plus tips. Okay. And for what, where I was at that time, though, that didn't matter to me. The, the, right. The yeah. It was all about getting the reps. I'm getting reps. I'm getting practice. I'm getting all this stuff. And right. eventually I got to the point where I maxed out there to where the only way I can make money, more oh. money is to really get a whole lot faster cutting. That's what I was going to ask. Was it walk-ins only or was it appointment? Uh, well, they didn't have, they didn't have appointments. They had a check-in system. So yeah, I had a lot of walk-ins because that's where the whole, the whole company is built on. Hey, just walk in, get your haircut and go. Right. And they have a check-in system where people can check in on their way in. So they don't have to wait so long when they get there. So they, they you know, they, and then just get called in line and you just go right through and just whoever's there first, just go from there. So, I mean, how many barbers did you work with and stylists? In there is usually anywhere from two to four of us. Okay. Not too many. Yeah. But you still got, you still got that camaraderie feel mm-hmm. and that, that whole bond that that's super oh, yeah. important. Katie and, and I will literally, if I, the tiger is ever playing, cause we is, is like every single day you had the same playlist. She yeah. will jump on the phone, record it, send it to me. I'll do the same thing if it ever pops up in my shop. And we'll just say, it's like, yeah, here we go. It, it, we have that camaraderie. It is fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you see how people how people develop and how people's lives go on. Lacey, Macy dropped 70 pounds in a year. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Healthily. Healthily. Yeah. That's I mean, super difficult. To see someone be able to do and, and I know what it's like. And that's a lot of work to make that happen. And you see this, and she's got a, she's got this other store. She's doing over in Great Clips, and it just you, you see things like that, and just people who you've worked with in the, in the past, like you said, the camaraderie, people yeah. you've worked with in the past, and you're still great friends with them. Yeah, it's just something that like being in the service, dude. I mean, yeah. it's just something that really a non barber or non you know anyone not in hair can understand. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's just I like. Kind of- you can, it can be anyone from any walk of life. You don't know them at all. Just like, just like me and you, like, <laughs> just yeah. like all my guests. I knew maybe like seven of my guests, like personally. So like, you know, it's, it's just crazy how easy it is to talk to someone, how easy it is to relate to another barber. And all you got to do is just, you know, it could just start with bitching and moaning about something <laughs> with an experience. And then we've all fought the same battles. Yeah, exactly. We've yeah, all we, we've all been in that on that stage and that embarrassment and had those awful haircuts and you know it's oh, just yeah. an automatic respect for another barber because we know the hardships that they went through to get to where they are. Exactly. That's why it's very hard to disrespect another barber. Well, at least yeah. I used to think it was. You see a lot of people doing it, but generally if you've actually gone through it and you see a barber doing what it is, there is so much respect involved, it's like wow. That's why you I can do never that do it so well. There's like, no jealousy involved. I want to know how you're doing it because yeah. it's amazing. I think you know Cole cuts, Cole cuts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, uh, I think he's out of Houston. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a pretty big uh, personality on Instagram. He, uh, that's what he posted recently. He's like, you know, don't be the client that comes to me and starts talking bad about their old barber, and that's how you like initiate the conversation because you're not going to get me to play along with that mm-hmm. like yeah. anytime someone's like yeah my last barber i'm automatically like putting you in a box <laughs> clients were 
all mm-hmm. of the clients go into that box until you prove you're not worthy of that box because you're not going <laughs> to get me to be like, yeah, man, you know, I could be that guy you're talking about <laughs> with your next easily. barber. Like, who knows? Easily. See, that's yeah. a red flag. Someone comes in and they're complaining right from the get-go. Uh, yeah. yeah. Guess what? Because if they'll do it to them, they'll do it to us just as easily. Right. Sometimes they're talking on the phone making the appointment about their old barber before they even get in the chair. And I'm like, I mean, if I, if I could like paint a red flag, a picture of it, that would be it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, like, don't yeah. mess me up like the last guy did. <laughs> this is not easy. This is not an easy game. This is not an easy trade. Mm-mm. Like we glorify it and make it seem like the best thing because it is, but it's, it's a process. It is a art. It's not, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy yeah. to get to any point of any height that you can get to in this industry. You have to, you have to get the reps in. You have to put yourself out there, and you know there's so many layers to it. And so you're that's why. It's, what's you're that? Piss people off. It's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, every haircut's and, not gonna turn out great. Right. Uh, hey, guess what? If it happens, well, crap. Well, now we're skilled yeah. enough to work around that and make it work. I mean, right. Think about it. You know. In the government, I think it's like seventy-five percent accuracy is considered good. What if in the yeah. barber industry we had that same that same standard? Could right. you imagine yeah. heads walking out of our shops? That's a good way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, and and our work—that's all you really aim for, though. In that first-time client, you're not going to knock it out of the park for the right. first guy. You know, if you hit that seventy-five, eighty, good, and then maybe your personality—you can kind of reel them in a little bit, and the customer service angle, and get them coming back, and then you know. If it's something you know they're pleased with, but you know you can, you're not quite satisfied with it, I always let them know. I'm like, hey, man, I'm just learning your hair. This can only get better. This is going to get better 100%. Yeah. Just keep coming back. That's if Sometimes they're like, oh, dude, sorry, I hit the wrong button on the tip. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, just come back. Come oh, back. Man. All I <laughs> right. hate when that happens. Or, <laughs> or the, the momentary lapse. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Speaking like, of that, let's yeah. talk about barbers with a bad memory. All right, talk like, about like let's go moi. for it. <laughs> I heard. Sometimes you can be in the middle of a haircut, and like someone's like, "Yeah, nothing off the top," and just like you're, you're wetting the hair, and you take that first snip, and you're like, "Oh man!" <laughs> and then you're just like, "Yeah, man, I'm just hitting the ends. It's to keep it healthy. It's to keep it yeah, healthy. Right. It's good for your." <laughs> See, back when I was back when I was doing computer work, I could hide behind the computer. Yeah. This is right in my face. I had a mentor out in Seattle who used to t- say, "The dullest pen remembers better than the sharpest mind." And uh, so I've learned to take notes. Yes. And one of the things that I do with my clients because you know, that, that bad memory thing, and I've been I've been trying to make this thing work for a long time. And I finally got about two or three weeks ago to where I know exactly what to do to make this thing work. So. What I would do is I use Microsoft OneNote in my phone, take the notes of exactly what I did. I'm going to take pictures of their haircuts. And I'm, I'm telling them this is exactly what I'm doing. I'm telling them, here's what I'm doing. So next yeah. time you come in, you say, hey, let's do the same thing we did last time or make it longer, make it shorter. And if, it, if there's anything which, which I did on the cut, I'll make sure I have that on there. Any problem spots, I'll make sure I zero in on those. So when they come in, it takes down a lot of the mental gymnastics. For sure. And by the way, that's one of the terms of Stan Bilski, the, the saxophone guy from early on. Mental that's gymnastics. one of his favorite phrases, mental gymnastics. 
to get those out of the way and to be able to take care of what you need to take care of. So now these guys can come in and we already had the reference point. Where do we need to go from there? There's no way I'm remembering any of that stuff. Right. I I could be in the middle of cutting off, forget the guy's freaking name. It's not Uh, not fun. That's tough. I'm awful at names, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man. Sometimes I even know the name. I know the name, but I'm still going to look at my little POS to make sure that I'm not wrong. <laughs> right. Now, have you ever called someone and someone else answered and got in your chair? Oh, man. And we actually had a little switcheroo. Um, it was actually a mistake made by the assistant. Gave me another barber's client and gave him my client. And actually, he got hooked up because it was a lesser service. What I was getting from his client, he was just mm-hmm. getting like a, a bald head, like a zero like buzz cut. And I ended up talking him into, cause the other guy was getting a haircut beard combo. And so I ended up talking him into getting his beard done. So it worked out, but like, that's, (laughs) that's a pretty big fumble sometimes, but you know, Oh yeah. Like no one's perfect. A (laughs) hundred percent. This happened when I was in great clips. So I went up to the front and you meet people, people up there, you know, impatient, whatever. All right. Hey, uh, Jeff, you know, I'm ready for you, Jeff. Guy comes All right, let's go. Jeff, all right, let's all right, Jeff, let's go do this. All right, cool. Taking it back. All right, so I'm getting and we had these little slips with the, with the numbers on there. What had been done? So last time, just do like you did last time. Now I'm looking at the notes here and his head; they do not match. <laughs> oh Are yeah. Are sure what we got going on here? So Jeff, we got the you know I've got this and uh, no no like last time. Just just come out here, just like last time. Yeah, they don't know what you the know, hell you did. Right now, this is <laughs> this is before I this is before I grew a set of balls. Yeah, this, this is this is pre balls. All right, I'm, I'm still pre nutless. Don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I'm working on it. <laughs> so, so I go, I slap that one guard. <laughs> He's like, "What are you doing?" Same thing we did last time, Jeff. I'm not Jeff. Oh boy, what are you doing? Answering to the name. <laughs> yeah. I said Jeff four times. What are you doing? <laughs> you had a whole bunch of. But back to growing a pair there, <laughs> my yeah, right. So my coworker Julie, she was one to always tell me. She's like, "Dude, don't let that guy do like, Matt. You're too nice. Like, you need to t- you need to charge this guy what you should be charging." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not even like she would almost overdo it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we charge. We have a signature haircut tier that's sixty five, right? But but it's for skin fades. And she, if it was a half, she'd still charge the the skin fade price. And I'm like. It's a half. Like it's not. It's not. It's not gonna take as long. <laughs> and then she's like, no, no, you should do it like this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man. I'm gonna so, push over. I know. Someone being good. late or someone what? like the ten minute cutoff for being too late. Yes. You know, half the time I'm okay. Ninety seven percent of the time I'm gonna be like, all right, yeah, no, you're here. To, I get it. It's fine. I get it. Here's how I started handling that, and it's worked yeah. out really well. Say it's eleven ten. And look, I got someone coming at 1130. I got 20 minutes. Let's just, I'm not going to rush through this, but I got to, you know, I can't dilly dally. They get it. And yeah. they, they sit down, shut up and let, let's just go to work. Let's get this thing in. And it's always, thanks for getting me in. Even yeah. though it might not have been the awesomest haircut. Yeah. Now on this, on this note though, and what we're just talking about, about being pushover tomorrow morning, my first customer, I think he's a customer who I'm going to wind up firing. Oh, he's been late. Tell he's, me. Been late a few times. he's been late a few times. Uh, his first text message to me was already laced with, it's like, 
I think it's pretty shitty. You guys make people prepay. No, you don't have to prepay. Not off to a good start. (laughs) Not not a good way to get this thing started. Uh, The the one of the last ones was uh, uh, he he was booked in for Friday, fifteen minutes late. I said, "Look, man, we got we got to do something about this here because you know you're not going to get here. How far away are you? Well, my next one comes in fifteen minutes. It's like, well, I'll just reschedule then." And then he says, and last time you rushed anyway, so it impacted the results. I'm thinking, dude, you're 10 minutes late for that one. Yeah. So like, tomorrow. There's a reason why I was be, rushing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> tomorrow's going to, and, uh, you know, the, the the pen, you know, I, I actually started using one of these guys, a little book, you know, with notes. I got right. his entire schedule of all, all the appointments he's come in and how late he was for each one of them. And tomorrow's just going to be realistic when they say, look, these are these things going on. And you're sitting here talking to me like this is my problem. Yeah. I'm not everyone's barber. I stole that from Chris Bosio. Yeah. Uh, I'm not everyone's barber. One of the best lessons I learned. I don't have to be everyone's barber. Right. And I'm going to recommend that you need to find another barber because I'm not going to be available to service you anymore. Yeah. And I think the conversation is going to happen tomorrow. So you're going to be up front and just tell them. You're not going to yeah. duck them or pawn them. I have no reason to. See, sometimes I, I take the coward route. If they're 10 minutes, if they're 10, 12 minutes late and I have a full book ahead and, you know, it's just not going to work out. You know, that's where the assistants come into play. I, I hide in the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there <laughs> like, you go. There you go. <laughs> like, I'll be in the break room eating a, you know, a sesame. Uh, what, what, what? I've been eating these uh, seaweed fucking <laughs> bars lately. Okay. Trying to watch the figure there, Dave. <laughs> I'm trying to work on it. Feel you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I always tell people I, I fluctuate five pounds every other week. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, there you go. So yeah, I'm on the uh, decline. I'm on the uh, deficit route right now. So trying to get nice. back at it. But yeah, I'll just hide in the back, man. I, I'll just let the. I'm like, if he comes in, let him know. I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of I can hide behind that uh, curtain a little bit. So that that works out. But no, that's good that you're you're letting them know and you're standing your ground because yeah, dude. It's once it's turns into a habit and you let it slide two three times and then then you got a problem. Yeah, and what it is is they think they're doing you. And now this, this kind of goes into, you know, a, a, a thing which I look at is like, you know, there is this thing, you know, where we're almost treating this like a war with our clients here. But that is one of those guys who treats you with disrespect, who literally yeah. says, you know what, I am more important than what you've got going on, and I don't care. Right. And uh, you know what? My books stay pretty full. I don't need to have that kind of person in my in my yeah. uh, in my uh, in my chair. At one so, point, first... that's what you weigh. You're like, I don't need this. I yeah. don't need this shit. Things are going too good. I have too many good clients that don't deserve a shortened service by some asshole. To be honest, like, yeah. there's always going to be assholes in your chair. Like, yeah, asshole. You have to I can find a way to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I can deal with assholes for a bit, but uh, you know, yeah. And you, you know the thing about assholes. They is a rare breed because their whole thing is to make is to try to prop themselves up at someone else's expenses or someone else's expense. Yeah, there's a book I read way on back called The No Asshole Rule. Okay, and it's about building you know, building a sales team, how you conduct yourself, or building a company or whatever. And the number one rule is you know, they talk about the guy as like, do we want him on board during the hiring process or anything like that? Is he an asshole? And he's if he props himself up at the expense of someone else or puts someone else down for the purpose of bringing him of keeping himself on a keel, something like that, 
Yeah. That's an asshole and he can't be brought on board. Right. Well, yeah, it goes back to the throwing the old barber under the bus. Yeah. But I had this. So I had this beard trim Monday. It was my, it was my first client of the day. And the funniest part, his name was Matthew Stafford. Okay. Know, like the quarterback for the LA Rams. Mm-hmm. And so I, at first I'm like, is this Matthew Stafford? <laughs> Number mm-hmm. one. And I was like, okay, they, they, uh, they got a game literally Monday night tonight in LA. So <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that's him. Um, or was it in LA? It could have been Cincinnati, but either way, wasn't in Atlanta. But uh, but he came in and gave me his little background with his beard. You know, he's got quite a large beard, probably hanging to maybe that far down or so. Wanted it shortened to about half or so, and you know, molded and shaped. And that's one of my specialties. It's something I really enjoy doing. And for something like that, where I have the confidence, where I almost know I'm going to do a better job because it's just the way I do it. I know people aren't doing it that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I feel good about that. And he loved it. But one of the the horse story he told, he's like, you know, I'm regrowing out the mustache. You know, you got to listen to him too. He's like, I told the last guy to not just like, you know, just a small amount off the mustache. Cause he's got one of those, you can kind of curl like it's that length. He could probably do it. Okay. And he told the last guy, he's like, just, just a smidgen off. You know, I actually want to keep it on the lip. I don't want it that far off the lip. And so I listened to him. I just nipped away and I asked him at the end, I was like, dude, is that, is that short enough? I can take more if you need. And he's like, no, this is perfect. The last guy literally put like a, you know, he literally went against the grain, just up and <laughs> like, it's the first thing he did. And I was like, oh boy. Yeah, that's no good. That's no good. But you know, I was trying my best not to throw the guy under the bus too. Yeah. The other bar. At the same but, time, sometimes you can avoid that just by listening. Listening. Yeah. Hey, or yeah, we are in the, we are in the service industry. What do they want? Let's try yeah, and give it to them. You have to give that. You have to perform a service that's, you know, desired. <laughs> yeah. And if, you know, back to the memory, sometimes you forget you're kind of like, ask, ask mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Or, Tell them what you're doing before you do it. That's a big one, too. Yes. I'm like, all right, I'm about to hit your mustache, man. Oh, wait, we're not hitting the mustache. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I knew that. <laughs> to your point there. Uh, so, you know, you develop your banters and stuff like that. I refer to myself as a sportscaster type of barber because I'm going to tell them every single thing that's going on. If someone fumbles, you're going to know, you know, all that. It's a little and commentary. Just go through this and I will ask him all kinds of questions. And I'll explain this to him. I'm going to ask him a bunch of questions because I'd rather ask you a whole lot of questions and let you think I'm an idiot than just start cutting away and remove all doubt. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. We have to know what these guys want. And I think there's way too many people just going out there and saying, well, here's what I want to give you and giving it to them as opposed to figuring out what these guys really want to have. Yeah. So, okay. So in your professional career, you're three years in, Mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. That? <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, I love it because that's, what's inspiring to me. Just like someone older like yourself that just like, you know, they, they caught the bug. They, they love barbering and no matter how early or how late you can, you can do it. And that's, yeah. that's part of the, why I like sharing the story because who would have thought, right. That yeah. you'd be here. <laughs> Hell 53 years old. And I am having an absolute freaking blast. Absolutely, man. You know, so you're three years in, but mm-hmm. say there's someone that's five years in into their career and they're still not happy. What well, you know, 
what would you what advice would you give them or what would you say or maybe even tell them what they they're doing wrong because obviously something went wrong <laughs> so, something yeah uh, now a lot of that's going to depend on where it comes in you know where where are how how's this conversation come along you know, have yeah. they just had a really just rough day and they're on their feet and it's like, ah, oh, yeah. right. That's it, it's just that sort of thing. That's one thing. Um, this is an artistic field and knowing where the guy is coming from is going to be so important. But if they're really unhappy after five years in industry, then they should make a change of some sort. Yeah. Uh, if they love the industry, but they just don't like doing what they're doing find another vertical i mean we've got so many ways to be in the barbering industry other than being behind the chair oh yeah there's a lot of ways to do this or if if you really just don't like if you're done with cutting hair go do something else do yeah. something else for a while try it out maybe catch a bug you want to come back you know maybe you go out and you find out things aren't so great or maybe you having a screw up and you find someone that finds you and you really enjoy it right if you really yeah, enjoy what you're doing, finds them, yeah, yeah. If you enjoy it, if you have that piece and you're working, there's no amount of money that makes up for that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I would say there's something that they did at the very beginning that they shouldn't have done, and now they're they're kind of in too deep and might not be able to repair the damage that's mm -hmm. been done already. And so and that's my advice. To for the people coming out of school that's my advice for just new barbers in the in the out there in the world that you know it, like do your due diligence don't just dive into the first place you look you know some people get lucky doing that but you kind of have to hunt around you have to know what you don't want first before you know what you want almost exactly and, and then you know five years in you know the only unhappiness would be you know that you should be dealing with is just how can I get better? Like I'm not satisfied. That's more than an unhappiness. You should, you shouldn't want to settle. You know what I mean? You should always want to progress. So, you know, five years in and you're, you're not quite satisfied with where you're at, then, then a ch change needs to be made later on instead of, you know, if you made a good enough change to be in the position to where you, you're not, you're still happy. You're still tolerable, the industry, but you're looking to make, you know, a change just to progress that you have to do that at a certain point, you know, when it is too. like, yeah, you know, you know, uh, as we're talking about it, I think about the lesson number one, that when I start a new barber student, it's a 500 word essay. And I ask them, why do you want to be a barber? There's only two rules. The first one is money cannot be the reason. Yeah. Not allowed to use money as a reason. It can't even be supporting. You can't use it because we can make a living doing anything underwater, basket weaving, you know, being yeah. a server, being a CEO. We all make money. We all work. That can't yeah. be the reason. The other reason can't be because my dad was a barber, my family was a barber. You can't use that either. Now, no. that might be one of the sticks on your fire, but I want you to take at least an hour. Don't come in in 30 minutes. Take at least an hour, 500 words, dig deep into this. I don't care if you bring in tomorrow. Tell me why you want to be a barber. Yeah. And then what we would do, and especially when we had you know more than two or three students, everyone would read it out loud. Ooh. The reason they want to be a barber. 
because you know what? There are days where we get on our feet and we, at the end of the day, the dogs are tired. You know, we are hurting. Yeah. We may have jacked someone's head at the end of the night and we feel like shit for it. Yeah. We, we might be in a commission deal where, Hey, we're not making enough money. Yeah. All kinds of things can happen. You might cut yourself really good. You might, I mean, all kinds of things can go on. That why has got to be powerful. If you no don't doubt. remember why it is that you got into barbering in the first place, yeah, then it's easy for all the other stuff to reach into you and, and knock you down. So as we're talking about this and conversing it through, if someone were to confide in me five years after they were in, I think one of the first questions I would ask them is, tell me why you got into barbering and start a conversation there and see what it is and see if that, that, will, if that will motivate them to either continue where they are or give them clarity enough to say, hey, yeah, I need to be doing something else. Yeah. Yeah, people want to see the money too fast. Like you said on the first thing, it's like the money comes later. Right now is about the passion and the love and the building skills and to build relationships, clientele. Yeah. Like these are all skills that you develop that, you know, that has to happen before the money. Like mm -hmm. The money's not going to always be there. Like even when you do develop those skills, like you have to find new ways to bring in more yeah. money. So like, yeah, it's like I said earlier, it's just like, I couldn't believe I was going to get paid for it. Right. <laughs> that's that's what I was like. That's how much I loved it and how much I wanted to do it for how long and how long I've been putting it off, which is mm -hmm. why guys like you that I was in school with, you know, older, I was so inspired by because I was like, oh my God, like Terry's in here doing this. Like, well, I can't believe I thought I was too late. I was like 26 <laughs> when I got in. So nobody's ever too late to make changes. Right. Look at I'm gonna I'm gonna use Madonna and Gwen Stefani. Yeah. I could probably even go into using Steven Tyler. Right. And a bunch of these other guys, right? And what they've done in their lives is they've sting themselves. Yeah. Sting, yeah, absolutely. You know, guys who've literally gone through and reinvented themselves. There are no Madonna doesn't have two albums that she put out where she has the exact same persona. Yeah. Something has true. changed each time. Gwen Stefani, my gosh, going from no doubt to full yeah. on rap to going into production. Look how many times she has re she has reinvented herself. And you see the, these guys go through. It's never too late to reinvent. No doubt. Never too late. Uh, and I don't care what the situation is. If, you're, if your why is strong enough, if that is strong enough, you can reinvent yourself. 100%. So, Dave, I want to dive into your Instagram real quick before we okay. get too long. So, let me go ahead and pop Yeah, we've been hanging out for a while. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I know, man. It goes quick. I told you. <laughs> it goes <super laughs> quick. Right? So, here he is. Dave Cuts ATL is the handle. We'll, we'll put that on the bottom, too. Um, I really like your content. You do some different things. One thing I've always noticed is, like, these, your little tips, like how to ask for a haircut. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate these. These are, these are super, uh, like no hard line, you know, three fingers up front. It's just telling the clients that follow you how to ask for a certain haircut. Yeah. Super useful. How, how did you kind of come along with that? I mean, you, you seem to come up with a lot of different content that's, uh, well, innovative. I, 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 one of my mentors back when I was in Seattle said, you know, if you want to be 
kind of successful at something, look at what everyone else is doing, do the exact opposite. Right. If you look at a lot of barbers' Instagrams, it's all haircuts that they've done. And that's all it is. Or there's some party picks or whatever. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to throw any shots here, but when I pull up to someone's bar, uh, another barber's Instagram, it's all haircuts. Yeah. And so, it, and that is, by the way, a very strong thing. It's like, okay, cool. They're doing the kind of hair which I want to have done. I know this is the right guy. But how many times have we had someone in the chair said, I don't know how to explain what it is I want? I really don't know. So, what this is, it's a way for me to be able to say, look, if this is what you're looking for, here's how to ask for it. The, these steps, these uh, these numbers, they mean something to us. I've had guys come in with the Instagram. I've had people come in with a website and show me, yeah, I want the, I want the 2SB. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's like, all right, show me which one you're talking about here so I know which 2SB we're talking about here. Right. And it, it actually walks me through what it is they're looking for, and then I have a starting point with them. So it, it's very important that for someone online, people online aren't necessarily looking for – well, if they're looking for a barber, they want some kind of information of some sort. They want to be functional. That's at least that's my my opinion on it. And so they want to be able to find out, you know, like this: when are you open? What can yeah. I do? Who's this? You know, that that sort of thing. And so to have how to ask for this haircut is for me is a very important thing to have on the Instagram. For sure, you do not have to prepay for this appointment. Why? Why did they think that? Why did that guy think that before? Um, well, because it, the uh, so it's run, the let's see, American Haircuts runs through Squire, Squire and Squire yeah. does kind of you walk down the line of prepaying. Uh, yeah, you know, hey, just reserve the spot. You don't need to prepay for your appointment. Yeah, and see to to me and this, and I know I kind of go against some of the, the common thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. If I have to hold a gun to someone's head to come get their haircut by me, I'm probably not the right barber for them. Yeah, you know, uh, if, if I have to say, well, you, I've got your money, so you have to come to me. I, I don't really, I just don't dig it. Absolutely. <laughs> you, briefly, you went to the uh, Las Vegas Barber Expo. How was that? How was that experience? Oh, it's fantastic. It was fantastic. And by the way, I put a very high value on hair shows. Uh, so I, I'm I haven't popped my cherry in that area yet, and I know Barbercon's coming up. Mm-hmm. And the problem with all these all these shows and expos is uh, they're on Sundays, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I'm way too big of a football fan. And I'll, I'll cut you a little break with the Raiders hat. I'm like the biggest Broncos fan you'll ever meet. Oh, so. zoom in on that. Zoom That's in on the, the enemy zoom in on the hat. Seriously, can you do that? Oh, wait a minute. Ah. Zoom in on that hat. What's going on here? Barbers. There it is. Okay, I stand corrected. Where'd you find that? That That was actually at the, uh, the, there's a a vendor, the Anti-Broke Barbers Club. Oh, yeah. uh, They had it for sale at the the show up in Nashville. I said, okay. And the guy and I were talking, he's like, you know what, that's actually a pretty cool hat. I'll get it. Yeah, okay. All right. It it just got a lot better. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A lot better. So the, 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 the hair shows for me, number one is the education. Yes. Go in there, learn things which I'm not going to learn at other places. You know, yes. why do I blend the way I blend? Why do I do some techniques I do? Because I learn at these shows from people who cut differently, who get different results. I want to follow what they're doing. Why do I think differently along certain ways? And so I, that's why I go to these shows. 
the Las Vegas show was fantastic. I didn't realize just how big those things can get. Oh, especially uh, in Vegas. I've never seen a centric show that big. Those conference uh, centers got to be massive in those casinos and shit. I saw more barber swag. He's like, yeah, hey, let me buy the show this world, the show we're on barber or, or whatever. I saw more of that at this show than I had at other shows. Really? Uh, okay. But I also saw more people. The the teachers who I follow right now, the guys who I'm studying with, I met them at barber shows to increase okay. my skill levels. I wouldn't have run into them otherwise. Just like right here, right? Mm-hmm. That is Angel Del Solar. Uh, if you've ever heard of the hairbender uh, technique, that's him. And it's all based on being able to deconstruct a haircut, medium or long length, which is things which I'm trying to learn how to do better now. Yes. How to be able to deconstruct that haircut, know what it's supposed to do, how you're supposed to cut that thing before you start cutting it, and then go 100%. after it. Look, there's the Ken haircut. I'm yep. sure some people coming through asking for the Ken there. Well, you see what oh, my God, there, so. there's the Peaky Blinders. Yep, and he does on a mannequin, and he does these videos. Here's here's this cut. He'll do one of the celebrity or or anime. He'll do it with anime, anime characters, and he'll do it on a freaking mannequin. Boom, I'm boom, sure boom. That's a popular one, too. Yeah, it, crazy. it's nuts. So real quick, back to the podcast. Yeah. The Beyond the Barber's Chair podcast. I missed this one, Staying Hydrated. What was that episode there? Uh, that's uh, That was in the middle of... Uh, so I, I made that a breakout from a clip. The, yeah, I see you do that. That that's that's pretty wise. Yeah, for well, the people like on this podcast that <laughs> checked out, you know. Yeah, that's why I make the clips on Instagram. But it's smart to do it on the actual platform too. So yeah, I like that strategy. And well, it's smart because I mean, who really who wants to listen to an hour long podcast about life insurance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but. Learning how to insure, can we insure our hands as barbers? Yeah, people want to know about that kind of thing, you know? I'm so weird about my hands, dude. So that that one perked my ears up. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, where is it? There it is. Yeah, I was like, this is stupid for <laughs> <laughs> We got but, sound uh, on. I did listen to that one, and uh, he said that's normally for, like, you know, people that are charging an astronomical amount that they would, you know, what do you say? He'd rather you go the disability route, right? Uh, what was it? Income protection, I think is what he's talking about. The income in protection, which is, yeah. it kind of falls kind under of coverage. The, where yeah. if you, if, if one of us were to get into an accident, Hey, my, my hands messed up. I can't cut. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not screwed. I can still have some of my income actually protected. That's exactly insurance. the insurance agent um, that, our shop supplied that came in to try to insure us for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's some plans that are like, you know, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, you know? Yeah. Now I hope you get more than a couple hundred bucks when something does go down, but you know, there's <laughs> different, <laughs> different packages, but uh, <laughs> you know, they write you a check with their name on it. <laughs> you know, to try to, try to yeah, go endorse get, you know, this for me, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are all great topics on your, on your podcast. So, so talking about the podcast, I mean, have you ran, have you hit that wall yet? Because probably about six episodes into my podcast, I hit a pretty hard wall and I was scrambling and panicking on how I was going to keep going. You know what I mean? Uh, not so much that wall It's a different kind of wall that I've hit. So for me, getting things started was the hardest part. 
course. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like we, we talk about in the barber industry, our clients will become our friends before our friends become our clients. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's because our friends don't know us as a barber. And, you know, they, there's a whole, there's a whole rabbit hole we can follow for that. Yeah. So I here talking to a lot of folks in my networks. Hey, I'm starting a podcast. I need guests. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, some are braving in. Well, let's go do this. It's sort of really very supportive. But a lot of them are like, well, let's wait and see. See, I think it's going. We, we know this game. Yeah. That to me was the first real big hurdle. The second one, though, is see that this is where I'm actually at right now. So editing these things, taking out all the ums and ahs and all that, uh, that's a that's a chore. And oh, yeah. I'm not what talking about starting a chore. What do you use to edit? Um, I right now I'm using uh, what's called Better Audio Editor or something like that. It's like a, a spinoff of Odyssey on on Windows PC. Okay. And I'm sure there's better tools. I'm um, I still kind of groping through this and trying to figure the thing out. Yeah, dude, it's but, it's all about what what's easiest for you. Yeah. Don't let anyone tell you like, oh, you should do a Adobe Premiere. You know, pay a, gaz- a gazillion dollars for something that you can achieve on something you know that's literally just a small aspect of the podcast. I mean, it is editing's huge mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Don't let me diminish it. Right, but there's so many different options you can do, and it's something that no one can really see, you know, the platform you're using. So, what's the big deal on what particular editing software you're using? Right? Yeah, is it audio file or is it video file? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, you know? exactly. You read some on your podcast, right? Not really. Okay, so I was gonna see, say a lot of a lot of the podcast is actually them talking. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I'll, I was I'll, I was mainly thinking maybe just introducing the guest or something like that. You might read uh, a little bit. I'll jot down some notes. Yeah. Literally, like a, two or three bullet points, and then I go and then I edit yeah. that down to where it's supposed to be. Uh, as far as the way it's supposed to ha- take out the um, the ums and ahs and that yeah. sort of thing. Oh yeah. My question to you coming in, I want to ask about the podcast was what's stopping you from doing the video as well? Um, haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, just hadn't been hadn't been important to me, because in my in in my thinking, a lot of these guys listening to these podcasts, they're not sitting in front of a screen no. watching the TV. They're, they're cleaning the house while they're, they're listening. They're driving. <laughs> they're doing the number one thing. Home. My like old friends tell me that listen to my podcast. Like I'm t- I'm talking about like first friends like ever in my life. Like I'm, I'm fortunate enough that they're. They're super cool and they support me, listen to my podcast all the time. But they always tell me, yeah, I always throw it on while I'm cleaning the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they'll have they're watching YouTube when they mm-hmm. do it because the audio never comes out until like later on in the week. Okay. Uh, but uh like my audio came out today. We're recording on Tuesday. Podcast comes out on Sunday, the YouTube mm-hmm. version. And uh so, you know, I appreciate them giving me the watch hours on YouTube, but, you know, they're not particularly watching all the time. Right. Maybe there's something that they're like, oh, what? What, what are they talking about? You know, then they'll look. But, uh, See, yeah. That's part of the, the point. part of the thing which I'm going at with, with the podcast, which I'm going here. I'm not expecting my podcast to have the weekly, I'm going to listen to this podcast every week comes out. I'm not expecting that. No, yeah. I'm expecting someone on the way, someone to be Googling, what is a tax write-off? Boom. Here's a resource for you. That's so smart. It, it's a resource like you wanted it to be. It uh, 
They can literally just listen to what they're looking for if they want. That's, that's what I'm trying to make happen. And it, if they want to listen to the whole episodes, awesome. Because there's stuff on there which I don't have broken down. That's fine. It's not the point of it. Uh, now, going back to talking about the, the wall, though. Yeah. I'm at the point now where I'm realizing how long it takes me to do the edits. It, and, how long does it take you? Uh, I'm in there for a half day. I, um, That's it? Um, um, it, it, it's and I, Dude, and it takes I'm being, me two to three days sometimes to get the yeah, shit done. It's I'm being nuts. I'm being very conservative when I say this. Well, you don't uh, have two hour episodes like mine. <laughs> exactly. You're two hours. Really. I've got half hour, forty minutes, maybe. You know. Yeah. I'm I'm at the point where I'm ready to say someone else handle this because I have more valuable things to do with my time. Yeah. Such as build the business and you know, the, instead of me having hands on there. Here's the problem though. If I'm paying someone to do the editing, now this has become an expense. Yeah, it's already an expense. It, it already is. Do the audio. It already is. Yeah, yeah that, that time has a value, and so sure. now I have to monetize something to make it worthwhile. The podcast is not ready for monetization yet. No. Uh, I would be, I, I'd be smoking something really bad if I thought I could sell ads. <laughs> on this yet i mean we're we're passion project for years and years before it might make a dollar exactly (laughs) exactly so can i get another service in is there something which i can add to my website to actually sell some product are there other things is your network which i can build to where i can actually just hey i i'm creating a stream of income here to be able to pay for the editing on here so i can continue to do things continue so i can continue to do the things which i want to get done right and uh so I wouldn't necessarily call a wall, but I'm looking at it's like okay, I got I'm gonna have to climb this thing. You're kind of you're kind of realizing the amount of work it is, and oh, yeah. to be consistent with that work, it's like it, it grinds you down sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's why, like I, I I like to do weekly, but it's it's just there's no way it's feasible when I'm doing everything by myself. That's what yes. I was telling my wife. I was like, literally today on our walk, I was like. You know, if I get to the point to where this thing gets, you know, maybe a year or two for now or from now where I might be in a better spot because I'm going to keep going. I don't quit mm. easy, Dave. That, that's one thing. I don't quit. <laughs> I don't like right on. Yeah. So I'm going to keep going. But like I eventually the hardest part is the guest acquisition part and the mm-hmm. scheduling part and the keeping all that shit organized. I almost overwhelmed myself. I had to record three podcasts this week and I was like, I can't do this. I, I got to reschedule these guys mm-hmm. because when I was out of the country in Colombia, a lot of my free time or laid over at an airport or I was reaching out to so many people because I was coming off of two weeks where I had no episode out. What? That's when I talked to you too. Mm-hmm. That's literally when I talked to you. So I was literally reaching out to so many people. I was scheduling some people. And I forgot I had someone scheduled from those conversations October 1st, yesterday, right? Or no, that's next. That's sorry, dude. See, I don't even know what day it is. I know. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's next week. And uh, I had someone scheduled on the second, too. And then I think I had someone scheduled, someone else scheduled on the second. So mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, there's no way. And the thing is, I might have lost a guest by having that screw up because. It happens. I told him, I'm like, dude, I get it. You get all ramped up to do these things. And when it doesn't happen, it's kind of a gut punch. 
And so, which literally kind of happened to me recently with a guest, you know, we had a reschedule and he kind of didn't show when I needed him to show. And I was so like demoralized by it. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, I had all these talk paths ready to rock. My ment- my ment- my mental was ready to go. My head was right. And it didn't happen. And I was yeah. almost like, Oh, how am I going to do this? But no, yep. end up getting it done. I'm not going to say who that was, <laughs> of course, but yeah, right. no, yeah. So it was a good thing, but uh, yeah, dude, you just, you just got to keep plugging away. Find just like anything, you find ways to make it faster, to make it easier. And dude, anytime you want any kind of advice or just a question about anything, you want to start something new, just hit me up, that, you know, if I've done I'll it. I'll do that. I and, appreciate uh, that. Like I said, a lot of this is just not knowing what the hell is going on. <laughs> you just <laughs> you just kind of fly, roll with the punches there, right? Oh, yeah. So you're talking about rediscovering re, uh, or having rescheduled guests. I've got one yeah. who I'm on the three, third reschedule. Yeah. But once it gets to three... Nine times out of ten, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. And the, the third one, the third one, I I know why the third one happened. Third, third one's on me. Third yeah, sometimes on it's on you. Yeah. When I when I sent the Zoom invite, I sent it the same day as the original day that we had to change from, as opposed to saying for the new day. And it's like, well, that didn't work out. Yeah. However, what she brings to the table, we're we're rescheduling for November. What she brings to the to the table is freaking hugely valuable. It's on, it's on the financial end of people who want to open barbershops and also for people who want to actually buy the freaking building. Right. This is, oh, this is coming in November. And it's like, yeah, and I, she is she is that well entrenched into this whole thing. So, yeah, we're, we, we're definitely doing it in November. But it, okay. it's like, you know, you, trying to get guests can be, can be something. But, oh, by the way, so you asked about the show earlier on. At that yeah. show, I lined up my next five or six guests. Yeah, that that's that's a huge thing. That's why if you have a barber podcast and you're not at BarberCon, what the hell are you doing? So yeah. like I, I if I can make it work, I'm gonna try to go, but you know, I just hate the Sunday thing with these shows. I get it, everyone's mm-hmm. off on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. whatever happened to making it like any other day. <laughs> right. Know. But uh, and I, I get it. And one of the reasons why when I moved, when I got to the barbershop, I was that now American haircuts is not open on Sundays. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> that, that helped me the decision to change over there a lot easier. Right. It's definitely a strategic scheduling by the shows. Like, yeah, this is all this is all my shit, basically. <laughs> the reason why I'm complaining about it. Are you going to go to BarberCon this year? I don't know yet. See, I, I don't know. Have lot you been? I've done a lot of freaking shows and I, I probably will wind up being there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm starting to see that a lot of these different shows have their different, um, vibes. Well, yeah. Vibes. That's about the best way to put it. You know? Yeah. Who's there? What's there? What are people trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? That sort of thing. No doubt. And you start seeing, you start to see some of the same people and you start to see the same copycats. Yeah. And, uh, you just start to see, you know, which shows are the shows that you definitely want to get to? Like next year, I'm definitely going to go to Connecticut, you know, the CT one. Yeah. Based my, on what I saw in Las Vegas. I'm from West Virginia and my people from West Virginia, Barber Wise, went. And uh, yeah, that's a big one. That's like the biggest one, no? Is it? Yeah, it is. It is the okay. biggest one. It's almost like you have to roll deep in, and it kind of just like gets rid of whatever shield, you know, whatever walls you got to break through to, 
you know, talk to people or get through it. Yeah. Just, you know, have someone there with you to relate to what you're feeling or what you're going to approach or who you're going to approach. And I feel like that's the way to approach it. But, uh, yeah, I got, I would like to go, I need to go, but, uh, think, Dave, what's that? It's worth it. <laughs> so Dave, what in closing here before we go extremely long, what, um, no, no, right. what, what's next, man? What, what you got in the works here? We kind of talked about it briefly. What would you like to do here? Um, you know, progressing forward. Well, you know, so I, you know, studying to, for the medium and longer haircuts because I'm seeing a lot more guys coming and say, I want these. And so I want to get really good at, at getting those taken care of. That's operationally speaking. Yeah. So in three years, I plan to open a barber school. Nice. And, uh, you know, one of the things which I want to have in that school is, you know, an operating barbershop. And then one of the people can spend five bucks and let, you know, let these students get their, get their reps in there. So they have a barbershop like where they can go and shadow and, and help with that. And then they have their own shop where they can go ahead and get the five buck ones. The other side is I want to have business professionals teach the students. Like, for example, things are on the podcast. Yes. Here's why you want an LLC. Or maybe you don't want an LLC. Maybe you want to be an S-Corp. Or maybe you just want to roll the dice. Or here's why you need to do this. And if you're looking at buying houses, here's what you need to do with your taxes so you're not you're leaving yourself in a bad situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, just have professionals come in and teach those classes. Here's one, a, psycho a psychiatrist or psychologist, someone mm -hmm. in the mental health industry. Exactly. That is huge for our industry. And it's becoming mm -hmm. more and more, you know, prevalent with, especially with Craig Charles and what the Barber College of Success Pod's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's an advocate in that. So, you know, oh, yeah, I think that that's great. Project is something else. Because the number one thing that all these students are going through is just the fear of, Am I good enough? Is this the right decision? I, I'm not good at this. And <laughs> no one is right. when they start. So, like, yeah, that's that's the biggest hurdle initially, the mental health aspect of it, the mm -hmm. mental hurdle. And but, it grows. Uh, all those other life skills that you want to bring in too. I mean, that's that'll what that that's that's what'll separate your school from others, adding yeah. those wrinkles. And I love that idea. The interesting thing about that is that's how the podcast was born in the first place. Gotcha. I had a conversation. Uh, there's a, a a business consultant who leads uh, leads some really large companies through their management team meetings and things like that in their retreats. His name is Sorel Katan. Okay. And he works on with really large enterprise level businesses. And he and I had chatted. And the next morning, it just popped in my head. It's like, you know what? why do I have to wait three years to get this information to the barbers when I can do a podcast and use that to get the information out there? Yeah. You're kind of scratching your itch too at the same time mm -hmm. and it's making you feel good. And I'm sure it's going to boost your confidence for when that day comes and you'll have kind of all the information in your brain already and at your disposal. <laughs> and uh, that'll make it seem simple at that point. Right. It'll be a lot easier to open a school and you know talk to whoever you need to talk to as far as investors or banks and things like that and say, oh, by the way, here's what I've been doing for the past three years. Exactly. It'll be a lot simpler when there's actually a body of work already in place. Absolutely. And someone who says, hey, I just want to open a school. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, man. Dave, anything else you want to promote in closing? Uh, you know what? Not really, except for, you know, Come if get I, a haircut, I, damn it. I'm sorry? <laughs> Come get, get a haircut, haircut, damn it. <laughs> I know, right? So 
if I if I was in front of a hundred barbers and I was, I was asked what would I want to tell the hundred barbers, I would say a couple things. One of them, remember to be nice to people. Just be nice to people. This you might be the only person that day that was nice to them. Yeah, you might very well be. And these are customers. They're clients. They're coming to us to be served, be taken care of. And they're not our enemy. Even no. though we like to joke about it and we talk about, oh, another kid or like the guy who I might have fired tomorrow or whatever, anything like that. Right. These guys are not our enemies. No, we I mean, need this, them. This is, this is why we do our thing. We need each other. Yeah, we do. And, and more guess for what? just the haircut aspect too. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, we've got a fantastic community of barbers. Oh yeah. And we, as a community, lift each other up naturally. So, I yeah. We still have to make more of an effort of doing that too, of, mm -hmm. you know, connecting and bringing each other up instead of putting each other down. Well, Dave, I really appreciate you here. I thank you for uh, sharing your story. Um, thank you, Matt. Big time. This is this is fun. Continue to you know spread the information on your podcast and go follow uh, Beyond the Barber's Chair podcast. Um, what's the best platform we can follow that on? Um, I think we're on all of them. Uh, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, or they can go to beyondthebarberschair.com. There you go. You have a, your own website. What about copyright? Did you do that yet? Your copyright on your name for your podcast? Uh, that's in process right now. Okay. That's all I'm I use something called Buzzsprout. They give you the copyright right there. Okay. So I was you, like, I, did, I literally found that out today. Okay. <laughs> just like digging around, adjusting, editing things I haven't looked at since I started the podcast. Mm -hmm. I found that today. I was like, oh, I'm copyrighted here. They did it. <laughs> We're in town. Let's grab a beer. Let's chat sometime. I was going to say, come down to the shop, get a beer. Yeah, we'll absolutely. We could see the shop again. Well, Dave, have a good one, my man. Good night. I appreciate you making the Thank time. Thank you, man. We'll have a great time. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, brother. Have a good one. Thanks for watching another episode of the Your Barber Podcast. New episodes come out weekly on Sunday. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when new content is posted. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. That's it for today's episode of Beyond the Barber's Chair. I put links for my guests and for anything we discussed in the description. I hope you got something great and that it helps you as a barber and in life. If you like the podcast, I hope that you will tell a friend about it and subscribe so that you don't miss any upcoming shows. I'll see you next time as we go beyond the barber's chair.